And the C7, it's the critical seven. So it's just like chicken, steak, um, carnitas, barbacoa, sofritas. I can I, I started saying that. I was like, oh, I got to finish it now. Fuck. <laughs> oh, fuck. Where am I? The rest is empty with no brain, but the clever nerd, the best MC with no chain you ever heard. Take it from the Tech Nine Hola. David, don't know their next shine from Shinola. Everything that glitter ain't fish scale. Let me think. Don't let a faint get it smell. A shot of Jack out of back. It's not an axe stack. Forgot about the cackalack. Holler back. Clack, clack, blocker. Villainy. Feel them in your heart. Chocolate chart. Top of start. Shit stopper. Be a smart shopper. Shot a cop. Day Dude, around I love the way. It kind of has that like Biggie Smalls kind of like deep vibe, huh? It's but it's just yeah, it sounds like him a little, a little quicker. A yeah. couple like maybe 20 pounds lighter. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. He's he's uh he's like the little little big smalls. Little big smalls. Yeah. Speaking Ooh. of little big, <laughs> welcome back to the Big Small Talks podcast. <laughs> I'm your host Austin Roach, and today I got Charlie Stunt Devil alone in the building. Yeah, boy, on his chair, on his chair, sanitizing everything, sanitize headphones in. Got some new headphones in for the year. Oh yeah, they're, they're nice super and, nice and cozy. Yeah, huh. I like those headphones. I got another one too, but yeah, they're kind of like pimp, like you know, like they like when you see like the, old Cadillacs with like the, yeah. the velvet or the with the velvet yeah. dice. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. Is like what that's made out. They of. got like the curtains in the uh, back seat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, got the champagne just yeah. flowing. They got but the, got a, they, but got they got a permit for it, so you'll never get uh, arrested for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got the spinning rims. They got. Remember it. that that was a thing, the spinners. I mean, it must be still a thing now. There's there must be, be yeah. some Facebook group that just get together in some parking lot at Walmart. <laughs> do Do you think that they think about the past, or do they do they live in the now and think that they're it's ahead all of the-, the past, yeah. baby? Just that's all it is. But it's to a, them, it's, it's the present. Dugby. So you have to say, "Do you live in the present?" And they're right. like, "Yeah, yeah, we yeah, sure man. do." Yeah. Nineteen seventy one. Those spinners. Those are. Those are cool for a, a minute. Yeah, but then you saw them on cars they weren't supposed yeah. to be on, like a Chevy Astro yeah, yeah, with yeah. that like <laughs> shitty like aqua green. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or like the Honda Civics that get all lowered. Like they had to throw them on there yeah, too. But, I mean, they're like half. Yeah, the you might as well tail. just pay for, you know, like a car seat for your kid. Right. <laughs> like that's more responsible in my mentality. Yeah, yeah but if they, but yeah, but the kid was rolling in a spinner's, uh, rimmed out civic right off the bat so i mean he thinks he's just living in at large though he's probably cocky as fuck Hell like yeah, he goes dude. in a car without without spinners he's like, he's like what is this the what the, is this a bus this? Yeah. is this what a bus looks is this like what poor people and he has no idea what poor is and he, so just, he just hears it it's yeah. a it's a just a metaphor his parents probably tell him that he's not poor yeah oh yeah 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 the honda part that's just it's a it's a part. Yeah. And he know? just want, he he doesn't wonder why he's not eating much. It's just he doesn't question, but really it's because his dad bought those rims. Yeah, so he has to just eat paper. Yeah, he's but he's happy with it. Yeah. They put yeah. ketchup and spices and whatnot, yeah. Yeah. you know. They make they make ends meet. Yeah, it's he's beautiful. Fine. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Perspective. Everybody's life is different. American dream. Woo. Made it spinning round and round. <laughs> Um, well, welcome back, everybody, to the podcast. Uh, Charlie was unable to make it today, had to uh, isolate. Uh, he is doing fine as well as the family. But uh, yeah, we just wanted to be safe. How's Luna? I think that's what everyone's... Luna's fine. Has she... But has she taken the, the vaccine? She's, she's isolating too. Just in a cage? She's in her litter box. Litter box? Yeah, okay. just kicking for, in the litter box. I hear two of, for, for felines to avoid 
getting COVID, they have to um, grab the cage and just shake it violently. Right. Exactly. Where, With the shit still. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just, just yeah, traumatizing yeah. it, you know. Exactly. But you got to traumatize. You got to scare the COVID out of them. Exactly. Yeah. I think so, that's and that's I think what they don't talk about. And I, I think that's what they got to do just it, to humans. Yeah. Just, just traumatize, but find their the, their biggest fear uh, and just lock them in it. a room. Just and deal just, with it. Yep. Yeah. I think that would work. Oh yeah. Maybe yeah. we should uh, go talk to some scientists after this. And be like, hey, make it happen. See this cat. <laughs> 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 and then don't say anything. Yeah, then, be like, you yeah, just do some tests. Yeah, be like, that's it. Here's my number. The cat's dead yeah, already. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. We talked about MF Doom today because MF Doom supposedly died on... He met his doom uh, <laughs> supposedly on the 31st... Of October. It was announced on the 31st. But we're speculating that it actually was our own doom. Yeah, so you're going to have to go to the very end of the podcast to listen to this because we have a couple of theories on mf doom's death or lack thereof and it's pretty i think it's a pretty good thing a pretty good argument i i think we have a pretty decent argument because we go we flesh out like just just random conspiracies that are just pretty far-fetched and then we we just think of like four different alternatives and then come with probably the most rational one well and we're also taking actual history of his actions as mf doom in the past to make us think that this is not out of his character and for someone that didn't really know his stuff until just recently i think we try we flesh it out pretty good enough for someone that has no idea to really be like oh okay that i think this might happen right and because i don't really know about mf doom all too much either i i've always liked him but now that i do i dig it and if he's really dead then that kind of sucks yeah because but i'm not sad because yeah we don't we just you're gonna have to listen to the podcast um we also talked about a couple of uh i guess new year's resolutions in a way just about uh, dieting just about fast food fast food service our our vices yep yeah women's when, monthly bleeding cycle and how that affects us us as men you know it's just our side of the story um we talked about just we got into marshmallow and just mm-hmm. about his just rise and then just talking about big figures in edm as in general and edm being mainstream pop edm not so much electronic music yeah, as so a we whole. try to distinguish what that really means yeah kind of break that down a little bit we want to we kind of dove into lauren's rise to kitchen manager and then fall <laughs> just to hourly employee yeah. you know uh, and we, we got into uh some pretty boring stuff for some of you but it's just about some production stuff about our mentality into making songs what makes us keeps us encouraged being creative though and and even though you might not understand what we're talking about specifically the idea of being able to stick to something and pushing through that frustration or insecurity of not knowing how to do something, but having that passion and that love for that one thing that you really, really want to do. And then getting to that point of a little bit of confidence and happiness, really. Yeah, it keeps you digging for that, for that goal. For that everybody's goal. digging their goal, you know, or exactly. towards their goal. They're 
they're gold diggers. Everybody's a gold digger in yeah, life. Gold digger. Gold digger. G-O-A-L. Digger. We all gold diggers here. Gold digger. Yeah. She take my money, but I don't know where it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he is trifling. They told me to do four years at OCC. <laughs> 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 All right, y'all. Well, have a good week. Thanks for tuning in. Peace. Peace out. It's big small tops with Junkie me and you. It's big small tops BSing with the group. It's big small tops expanding points of view. It's big small talks. It's big small talk. What's up, dude? What's happening? How's it going? Welcome back to the Big Small Talks podcast. Thanks for having me back. I mean, <laughs> I was just outside the door. Yeah. Um. Uh. What? Well, what I was saying is like I just uh, started using um, uh, the stock. Like st- when you go to Ableton Effects, um, I just kind of been doing it on my own uh-huh. to adjust the levels, but. Um, they have all these um, labels that, especially for EQ, the equalizer, mm-hmm. um, it says for voice if you want it to sound like an O, or there's one that says like like a C. Oh, like presets, you mean? Yeah. Okay. It's like presets. Okay. So I put it on a vocal that said ooh, mm-hmm. and then I put a C and it made it sound like a C. So it kind of has like the vowel thing? Yeah. I thought that was interesting. fucking rad. What did you put that on? I put it. I just put it on a sample that said literally "ooh," mm. and it's like someone's like harmonizing. Okay. So I just thought that was fucking rad. Yeah, I, um, I, I've been told by multiple people, and just even just watching tutorials and watching YouTube videos and stuff, that if you can dive into the presets uh, and the and the stock plugins of just whatever your DAW is. For those that don't know, DAW is a digital audio workspace. Um, so it's the software that uh, producers use to produce music. Um, and we over here at the Big Small Talks podcast use Ableton Live 10. Going to dip into 11 as soon as it comes out. But um, an EQ is an equalizer. It's a frequency spectrum. You basically do away with the frequencies you want or you don't want rather. You enhance the ones that you do want. You you can like shape sounds. It's I mean it's one of the it's the most used tool in music production. I would say. Yeah, it's like throw. It's like making a soup and then getting like the the like the nuts or something that you normally like or the potatoes. It's like you need these potatoes for your stew, but in order to make it everything taste better, it's like you have to shed what you don't need. Right. Or it's, like or it's like adding like specific seasonings to like in subtleties. I was just talking to dad yesterday how it was interesting how when you cook, how uh, spices and, and little um, uh, herbs, all, all that kind of stuff, you, it, if you put too much in something, it will just destroy your food, whatever your product, whatever it is you're trying to make. And then if you don't use enough, you know, it kind of ruins it too. 
And so, but it's like in subtleties though, you like, you just got to sprinkle a little bit here, sprinkle a little bit there, try it again. And then he was the one that actually said it. It's like when you make music, like, you know, you, if you have too much of this or too little of that, or the whole thing just doesn't sound as good. And it's like this whole process of getting that consistent like sound. And I was like, what like mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like, like yeah, he like brings up a notebook yeah. like oh wait, wait 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 like that was my second sense yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, it yeah. Was interesting. i mean it's yeah but it, for like cooking like if you put too much something like it's kind of fucked yeah right like if you make chili and you put way too much cayenne right you could try to like scoop out some but then you're taking the other ingredients and i think that's easier to just start right subtle like minimal and then add a little bit as you go along but yeah if you add too much then you just ruin it because then you would have to add more of the bulk ingredients i wonder if there's any parents that just think they're putting enough Mm. you know and they just throw in it but never tasting it and that's why like their kids just fucking hate their do you remember jacob's ex uh which one she never (laughs) the one the one that didn't cook too well I mean, I think they. Oh, oh, oh! The one, the, What's the your name. I don't want to say the name, but yeah, yeah you know who I'm talking about. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yes, like, and it was, yes. it was, it would, it would get to that point where she would cook for the entire household, and everybody was like, "No, I'm good. I already ate," even though we were starving. She presented it really good, though. Yeah, it looked because you know, she was, she was a, like a cook. She worked yeah, yeah, at, like, yeah. as a as a chef, right? Um, See, but I think yeah. cook and chef are different. So was she a cook? She said she was a chef. That's a but very she cook was a thing cook. to say. Right, know? exactly. Like a chef might say, I'm a cook because they're humble. They're right, Like, oh, exactly. well, I'm just a cook like everyone I just else. Cook. We, I just we cook wash food. dishes like everyone else, but then a cook's mm-hmm. like, man. I'm head chef. You know, they asked me to be head chef the other day, but I told them my <laughs> ingredients were secret. It's a family <laughs> recipe while yeah. he works at Del Taco, <laughs> you know? Yeah, like like you... Yeah, it, it doesn't work both ways. Do you think there's like there is a Del Taco maker that like is super passionate about like his tacos? Yeah, and yeah. I like sure. to th- I like to think it's like probably like some like stoner dude that's just like oh this is like this is gonna enhance the inner stoner me to this kid. I think about I think about um, pizza pizza chefs pizza cooks like that. I feel like pizza cooks are like that Italian cooks where it's like really they're they're just working for a pizza Italian restaurant. Like they didn't really come up with the recipes or anything like that, but they just take it to this. It's, it's my food, which as a, as a cook, as a chef, you kind of have to have that, that responsibility of like, I'm going to make this food taste good. Right. Cause you do obviously make it, but still they, after working with so many like restaurants uh, and cooks, I feel like they take they kind of take it a little bit too far. Where it's like, dude, you're you're just working in no, Olive Garden, right? Like it's not that big of a deal. Like just give me the damn pasta. Yeah, or <laughs> it's the opposite where they're literally just doing the minimum until they get caught. Until somebody until yeah. the manager's like, hey, you're not supposed to. Or right. or I know for me, someone that kind of. Um, would be like try to save as much ingredients as I could. So I would just use as little as possible, right? Like you don't right. use the ingredients. You're not using two cups. I'm like, man, like there's not going to be a customer that's going to come to you be like, uh, so my guacamole uh, didn't have that much uh, onion. Like I think you're supposed to. Yeah. Well, but yeah, I, I guess the 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 thing with restaurants that I wish was implemented a little bit more and 
people took it to heart, like the employees with measurements and with, especially like when it's not a chef and say it's like a server or a busser, like whatever, there's like measurement cups or whatever so that there's consistency throughout the entire company or the, or the restaurant. Cause if you take it upon yourself and then you just say like, Oh, well I don't really care. So I'm going to put the eight tomatoes on here, but then they come back the next, you know, two days or whatever, they get a different server who makes them a different salad and they put the standard amount, which is like, say two, two tomatoes. Then they're going to complain like, Hey, like last time I was here, I got like all these tomatoes and why, why didn't I get tomatoes this time? Mm. You know what I'm saying? Cause like people don't think about it that way. So for me, like when I was preparing like a salad or a soup or like whatever, I would always like just do what the standard was and if they wanted more then they'd ask and then I would just give it to them Mm -hmm. because then I could easily say like well actually the standard for you know our company is such and such tomatoes but I can get you some more if you'd like whereas you know if they just don't explain it at all and they don't even know that then the the customer just gets mad at you yeah and for the most part like uh, a lot of restaurants like they the chefs or cooks chefs cooks um they they don't always prep the food so they no. don't so they don't really have a reason to not reuse something so no. on prep i mean my incentive to just not do as much is because i would get out earlier it's like less work less shit you got to do and there's just no one that's like you know really calling up on you which kind of i guess it would be smarter more efficient for like i guess like a km to be like hey so did you do what the prep sheet did yeah let's see it let's weigh it yeah okay you're good yeah and if not then it's like oh we got to do more right and no i think well especially for a high volume like type of location where you were working you know because you were working at chipotle and it's just non-stop you're always going to go through it you probably you guys probably rarely threw out food throughout food like like no. in terms of like prepped food like you'd probably always go through it oh yeah no there was never like oh we have too much look, chicken we have too yeah. Yeah. yeah i mean well sometimes sometimes so like at the end um when they're uh weighing all the food and um so like a big thing for them was not to have too much chicken or steak mm-hmm. because um well now they throw out the steak mm-hmm. so if you have like i don't know like eight portions of steak it's like dude like Really? Like, why did you put so much? Because you should know. Because we're, it's like, um, you know, it's it's, it's getting slower as the time's going by. So yeah, it's just a, it's something that they just try to not do, and then that looks bad on the on the KM or whatever. Because then their C seven's all fucked up. What's a KM? Kitchen manager? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, C seven. It's the critical seven. So it's just like chicken, steak, um, carnitas, barbacoa, sofritas. <laughs> I can. I I started saying that. I was like, oh, I got to finish it now. Fuck. <laughs> oh, fuck. Where am I? Uh, fucking Barbe- bar- cheese oh. and avocados. Mm. That's eight. But fuck it. <laughs> um. Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't that good of a manager. No, I just got. Yeah, I just got paid more. Yeah, that was cool. Wore a polo. A little bit more responsibility, but really, it was the same deal that okay, you were already doing, huh? Fucking sucked. Uh, because the one shift that I did open. Mm-hmm. Sunday mornings, I would always have at least two people call out. Isn't that the worst, dude? Dude, it's like, and when they, especially when they're like your friends or at least people that like you're just cool with, it's like I would get pissed because it's like I took that as like a personal like attack. <laughs> like, like you see yeah. how hard I'm working, right? Like you should at least just just show up, right? You know, and just do the work. So I just got used to having to 
open the store and then also take do breaks but also do dishes and right. then do prep and it's the worst whatnot. with it's the worst with minimum wage jobs and positions when there's no real they don't feel any responsibility to show up for work because they don't give a crap about it right and there's there's just it's just frustrating that they themselves can't put themselves in that position of they, like they've worked when there's been a call off and everybody knows it sucks and especially like like last minute i don't even mind call offs anymore like that much especially with like especially uh, when they're shitty you're like oh thank god yeah <laughs> Uh, Roseanne doesn't have to be on fucking salsa too now. Yeah, that's Jesus. actually like a lifesaver. She would just put sour cream, but always would miss. <laughs> um, but no, I was gonna say like I don't, I don't necessarily like mind call offs no more, especially because I feel like over here in the states, you're almost expected never to call off, even if you are sick. Like you, you know, you just get over it. If you're not dying, come show up to school, show up to work. That's kind of the whole vibe over here. But ever since the pandemic. I feel like now there's been like, well, if you're sick, you got to stay home. Like, don't even come. If you have a sore throat, don't even come. Like, whatever. So I don't even mind necessarily the call offs. It's the communication of the lack. Like, thereof. how did you? How did you not know you weren't feeling good twenty minutes before your shift? Well, especially now, like with all this information of like, oh, you were here yesterday, you know, right. and then you could have been spreading it. I mean, just me myself. Like, I always worked. <clears throat> I always worked when I was sick. Last right. November, I had the flu like the whole fucking time. Right. Um, so yeah, you're just not gonna. People want their money, so right. you know. And and these jobs, they're not paid for. Right. Not paid time, uh, sick time. Right. Some do. They accumulate, but right for the most part, it's like it's what you got to do. Well, and so. for me, because I'm the I'm of the mindset where it's like, well, if I'm not dying and I don't need, because I do get sick time. If I'm not dying and I'm good, I'll just go to work because. I need that money. I, I can't afford to take that many time, like that much time off. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, I, it's it's the communication thing. It's like, well, just let me know like a day in advance, two days in advance. Did you try to get your shift covered? You didn't call anybody. Oh, okay. It's just like, how does that, you know, how does that correlate over to like to you? What you put yourself in my shoes. You know what I'm saying? Like I already am short staffed already like four people. And now you're going to call off of me too, you know? It's yeah. Just, you know, I, um, I've kind of th- thought about this. I'm sure you've, you've thought about it too, but I just think like, have I just worked in the shittiest stores <laughs> of this, of this business, you yeah. know? Cause especially for Chipotle, there's a whole thing called restaurant tour. Okay. It's like an elite restaurant mm-hmm. and it's like the, like, uh, I forget the, the CEOs and all, like they would literally come to your store when you're ready and you're mm-hmm. there, the, the district are giving you tests and all this stuff. But, um, and then once you get it, you get all these big benefits. And so it's only a small amount of stores. And then we're, we think we're like busting our ass and like, we're doing all the right things. We're making people wash their hands. Like we have to do the C, good C7. I'm just like, fuck, like, are we just really shitty or is, is there beef or so? Like I, you almost think like there has to be like, they just have to hate my fucking store. <laughs> Which, like, our managers would say all the time. It's like, dude, it's fucking Perla. She's going to be taking the test. Yeah. And then we would get, we would get like one or two points off, like, uh, too much to, right. to fail. Right. Just little shit like that. Right. So, what's, so once you, once you were to hit a uh, restaurant tour, do you have to maintain that? Like, do you continue mm-hmm. to have like audits and stuff? Yes. But, um, 
Yeah, I don't think there's like new new things. It's like the same. So just keep mm-hmm. me keep doing what you're doing. Right. But I could just imagine it's probably like winning a championship. It's like the morale on the managers, right. people, and then because the whole thing is like for managers to keep their their employees like on task, like to keep doing what they're doing. Mm-hmm. When you try to be restaurateur and do these like two or three times a year tests, and you keep failing, right. Like our exhausted. managers just wanted to fucking kill themselves. Right. They just, they're over so it. So then it was the Wild West. Right. You know. Well, and then, because you probably have to have a good like hourly, or not hourly, but um, uh, a turnover. Yeah. Hourly turnover. Is that? Yeah. No. Turnover. Just turnover, just turnover percentage. Because uh, if you don't, then you're just having a bunch of new people and they don't understand what they're doing. They don't know what's going on. So the, the more tenured uh, employees that you have, probably the better off. And I know that there was a time where you guys had a pretty decent staff where like everybody had been there for a while everybody was cool yeah like and it it was funny like um everybody especially like the more serious ones the ones that work probably four or five days yeah they always get this pep talk of like oh you're doing great i could see you as a manager (laughs) have you ever thought about polo like you know just yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and like it's like everyone goes to the same thing of like yeah i'm gonna be a a trainer a a kitchen manager in training i'm gonna do this thing and a lot of them do Mm-hmm. But then a lot of them are just are promised and like it never happens. Right. And then that because usually those figures, they're almost like the seniors in high school. So like the, everyone looks up to them. So if they're acting up and they're like talking shit to the managers, then they're right. kind of fucked. Yeah. I Honestly, I just feel like that's everywhere though. Yeah. And, and yeah. I feel like that's everywhere. And Chipotle, places like Chipotle, Chick-fil-A, uh, In-N-Out, Starbucks, any of those like kind of higher end fast food chains, I feel like you got it better there. Can could you imagine yeah. be, like having that same exact kind of structure, but like at McDonald's, where yeah. like they really don't give a crap? I mean, I'm sure some thing is because the benefits are so good, and it seems like like just they have so much money to just um, throw away, throw away. Yeah, it's like because the there's no quality. I, yeah. I wouldn't think there's the the idea of quality is really strived there. Where Chipotle, it's like if your onions are cut too big, you have to throw them all away, and we have to start fresh. Mm. That wouldn't always happen, but yeah. that's the idea. Right. McDonald's, it's like you know, just go, just work. People are gonna you know be give you stupid, uh, um, like stupid things they're asking for requests. And and so I feel like once it gets to a groove and you don't have these high expectations, you probably that's why you have all these like older ladies that older dudes I see that work there. It's probably because they're just comfortable. Yeah, they're just satisfied. And it's probably not like I wouldn't think it's as intense as Chipotle, where they're granting like sixteen year olds to to um, that to, mic stand is like so broken. Oh my mic! I need to get a new mic stand. I thought there was an earthquake. <laughs> is that cool for you? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Just sorry. Give it a little squeeze. You're tightening it. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, I like it tight. That, I'm literally holding. I have to hold this one and lean it because this one's just an upright one. So <laughs> you look like a lazy stand-up uh, comedian. I know. It's funny, huh? I'm just like <laughs> just, kicking it in my chair and then just you brought a, back. you brought your own pillow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And it's just leaning in my crotch all the time, and it's actually pretty comfortable. I actually like it. You got your yeah. You got your groove. I got it. Yeah, I got it down. Um, for the studio. Because Quincy just got married. Woo! Gabriel She's took out. her away. She's gone. She's out. 
I'll call her in a couple years, ask her if I have any nieces or nephews. Right. Um, but for when you guys are doing podcasts, so she has her bed, which it's like one of those sofa beds. Yeah, getting rid of it. We're trashing that. So gone. what? Everything's gone. What room. type of uh, uh, furniture? Like for so I, seating. So, so I want to have the studio desk in the corner. We're going to build a podcast desk. I want to get a futon slash couch to be in the other corner for like people that if they ever come with uh, guests or if guests ever come with like a posse or a, a crew or like a friend or like whatever, they can kick it in there and still be in the room just kind of like off off camera a bit, but still kind of there. I don't know if you've ever seen those podcasts where they're like kind of there. Yeah, You can yeah. hear them like laughing and stuff. Uh, I haven't seen a podcast, but I just think of like studios, like especially like rappers, like when there's yeah. like 30 people in exactly. there. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Same kind of vibe. Yeah. I mean, you. I feel like having a posse or just a lot of people when you're cooking up beats yeah probably could is probably either really shitty because yeah. it's like you're not focused and you maybe you have anxiety about who's looking but then if your things are popping off you it's know very energizing like i could just imagine like every session with like snoop dog right you know because everything just everything he f- just lays down it's just so good and then if you have good beats with it it's like you're and especially if you're there you're like Oh shit! Like I'm seeing what's going to be on the radio, right. you know, in like a matter yeah, of months. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think also too. I think the people that they they come around with, I don't think that they're always rappers. So like they got no, this, yeah, they got this buddies. window and these and these uh, glasses on from a different perspective. Because if the homies in there just like vibing to the song and he doesn't know anything about music production or rhymes or lyrics or anything like that, and he's like saying like, "Yo, like this isn't that good," or "Yo, this is super dope." Hey, like you know what I'm saying? Could you could yeah. you take the the, yeah. the headphones off? Uh, I have some notes. Yeah, he like stops the session. Um, do you listen to Miley Cyrus? Okay, so <laughs> let me. You ever begin. heard "Party in the USA"? Like, yeah, this can is I not a party. Play, can I just play it real quick for you? Let's just. Uh, but I'm watch. gonna play the live version, and the live version actually is a whole concert. Yeah, <laughs> if I could <laughs> just to get my drift. Actually, I need you to understand her background from Hannah Montana because exactly. it really you're makes not sense. gonna know her her character that she's portraying part of the USA unless you know what she's like. Exactly. There's been maturity and she's adapted and evolved. So actually, you know what? Come out of the booth. Let's just watch this video real quick. Yeah, yeah. Just uh, everybody leave. Yeah. Actually, I need I'm a, trying to tell him something. I need a moment with Snoop. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. And but, he actually does. Yeah. He's like, okay, well, He's like, I got all these. Yeah, for sure. Not, yeah, you know. <laughs> where's the light? Um, but yeah, so like I, I want to have it like that. And then as, as far as furniture, like for chairs, I want to have comfortable chairs for the guests but i don't want to have too comfortable of chairs because i'm not trying to have them like fall asleep on me you know Mm. but i want the studio chair for sure to be like almost like a gaming chair i think i'm gonna um maybe ball out and get a gaming chair for the studio for the studio chair the one that you're gonna be in um and then the ones that we're gonna have around the table i'm thinking they're gonna be similar to like the joe rogan where it's not a whole backing like you can't are you talking about the his second recent one or is is right now in Texas? Uh, I th- I think I'm talking about the one in Texas. It doesn't have the it doesn't have the back support that goes all the way up to your neck. It just has like the lower back support, mm. just because they're smaller and then they swivel. And again, like I want them to be, I want people to be comfortable, but I don't want it to be like too like slouch, and I don't want them to like step away from the mic like too much. You know, I want it to be like we're here and we're like in the moment having a conversation. You know. 
So, but I am gonna get the um, the mic stands that clip onto the table. So it's gonna be like an arm. It's gonna be like the broadcasting like a uh, boom stand. Yeah. So there's like a pack of four for like eighty bucks. What uh, what have you envisioned to put like on the table for the vid for the podcast for the video? Nothing quite yet. Nothing quite yet. Like as far as like envisioning, I just we know that we want to have like music memorabilia. We want to have cool art. We want to have. We want it to like be like a creative space, you know. And it. And we want it to kind of have like this, like environment that like anybody like pretty much feels welcome in and i think i want to do something where we're gonna have some sort of uh engagement with the uh the guests so i i want to have like a um what you call it it's like the indoor uh, basketball hoop you know like just in there i want to have like a place where they sign i don't know if we're gonna have them sign the banner Mm -hmm. because what i would what i was thinking would be cool is that so say we have like logo number one it's the og you know big small talks logo and it's a banner kind of like a flag thing and we get everybody's signatures on there that has been there and then once it's full we get a new banner with a new mock logo and then it's like version two and then you just kind of like continue like continue to adapt so like in a matter of like 10 years we can revert back to the og one and it'll be like a classic and, you know kind of like that and it'll be like on you know merch and stuff like that but that would be kind of a cool thing to have like people sign maybe a piece of wood like you know like a kind of like more like a wall i know that they do that at uh, icon collective i don't remember if you remember that mm-hmm. wall where all the artists kind of sign i kind of have that kind of a vision where like just people who are like come in and kick it like they just sign it i think that would be kind of cool yeah a little form of history yeah or you could like just uh frame just a naked picture of yourself yeah Go and, on. So, and then just you know have people just give you ta- it's like giving you tattoos Okay, so that could be the shtick, like a like you, a like you a, and Charlie, you and like Charlie. a uh, fat head, like full body, like um, fat head stick, like sticky that yeah. goes on the wall. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. And then so and then it'd be funny if you if they made yours bigger than, than Charlie's. Charlie's. Charlie's was Ooh. like short, like <laughs> so I'm big and he's small. Yeah, big small talks. There you go. You know, okay. you're talking on them bods. Okay. Yeah. All right. This is why we need this third person in here. Well, you, you know, know just, just an outside just, perspective. Know, yeah, just to avoid perhaps legal problems. Maybe just have like I don't know the the Borat uh, swim swim like oh yeah tank thing like, yeah, yeah yeah the onesie Something the little like thong that. the little thong boy yeah just so sure. people get excited when they're riding yeah 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 okay yeah I mean man i'm open to so many suggestions i just want to get the room cleared out and then i want to paint the wall we the, uh one of the walls is blue got to paint that wall white I painted that wall or did they repaint it it's 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 half white half blue but it was originally pink pink as fuck <laughs> yeah there's still like uh um, little strips or little yeah, like there's still yeah, love yeah. and like princesses yeah almost yeah, yeah. like little easter eggs yeah, yeah yeah and then we could for people that don't know we could just kind of have like a little sto- we could make up a story yeah and then I want to have a, a TV on the wall so that if we ever reference something and that you need to put something up on the screen, you'll put it up on the TV screen. So we'll have that kind of vibe too. So I think it's going to come together really well. I'm not like putting a lot of pressure on time frame on it, but I know I want to get the table done. I know I want to get the desk built in there and I want to paint the room. And then once we do that, then it's going to kind of just kind of snowball from there. Because I'm also not worried about doing interviews quite yet just because of COVID. I don't want to have a bunch of people coming into the house and whatnot. So as soon as that kind of starts to chill out, yeah. then and I'm going to start working on yeah, that. And I guess you don't want to really start the ball by 
um, doing Zooms. No, you know? definitely not. No. Zooms or calls. I don't, I don't want to deal with any of that. I don't like the quality. <laughs> yeah, call, like I don't like call. the lag. I, I don't like the Zoom calls all too much. So kind of stay away from that as much as possible. Charlie even said like we could call him today, but I was like, dude, nah. <laughs> dude, <laughs> give me a fucking break from you for once. Jesus. Yeah, Char- Charlie. I want to get corona from, yeah. the, from the airwaves. <laughs> yeah. They don't know like how that's really, yeah. really going about. Yeah, Charlie, uh, Charlie wasn't able to make it today. Uh, had to isolate. He's on so, his deathbed. No, so. no, no, no. He's chilling. He he's fine. That's the whole thing with this. But was, though. It's uh, like from the last fine. from the last podcast because he was mentioning how like he wants to you know work on uh, getting thinner and stuff. Do you think he like as we speak like the grams of poundage? It's is slightly increasing? getting just like a little little bigger. Yeah, because if you're stuck at home, I can't. Well, I, would too. I, I can't see that fool uh, getting thinner. Oh, yeah. No, he's shout out Charlie taking advantage. Yeah. Right. But no, I, I think he's probably uh, he's probably on his twenty twenty one kick already. I I think he did he did it last year. You know what I'm saying? Where he he started to see like a shift in his in his body weight. So he's got on diet and then he started working out and all this kind of stuff. And he lost a good amount of weight and he was looking really good. But what, he kind of like around at the March-ish? very beginning of the yeah. year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, he we talked about it a little bit last week. But he was basically just saying how what he did last time was he went too hard and got to the place that he wanted to, but then he just like was exhausted. He just got tired of it. And so instead of maintaining his health kick and his exercise routine, he just let let it off, fall off because he was just exhausted with it, which I think we all are going to do that over time. Like it's just going to be this constant, you know, roller yeah, coaster. I can't think like the first time that I'm going to commit to a diet that i'm gonna stick like that the rest of my life right exactly which um, let the people know what are you doing uh i'm uh fulfilling my dream of being uh <laughs> being in the beauty contest yeah 12 and under girls um it's really it's like you have to really be petite yeah and yeah i gotta shave everything and just put on a tiara little uh little uh what do you call it? like the the ballet um, tutu? The tutu. I got to get my tutu. Rolling with the tutu. Yeah, and Are you working on your calves, or the heels? Oh yeah, no, I'm just walking on heels every day. Okay, for sure. I go up and down steps. That's actually one of the workout routines mm. um, while I practice throwing up. Okay. So you know it's kind of impractical. A lot but, of ice, um, right? A lot of ice. Uh, a lot of ice cubes. Right. Yeah, specifically ice cubes because they're serrated, so they mm. they hurt going down, which discourages me from eating food mm. and loving myself. Right. And I heard you were brushing your teeth with uh, hard bristles so that you your gums bleed so you don't want to eat no more. Yeah, it's like, you know, just don't look at your mouth, man. Just forget it's there. You know, I just have a mask now and I don't take it off, so it's kind of hard to get yeah. in there. So. Yeah. so, yeah, that's what's going now. But for real, I'm going to – I started my keto diet today. Um, so just cutting out all the yummy Nashville hot chicken sandwiches, burritos. Well, I guess you could do like a lettuce wrap or like yeah, the, you could do like a lettuce wrap, but yeah. it's not a, not a tortilla. It's not the no same. Tortilla. Um, no tortillas. No rice. No tortillas. No rice. Um, no beans. No, I think French fries is probably going to be one of the, the toughest, but I mean, it's not like the thing is. I don't wake up or I'm not like doing uh, work on music and be like, you know what I could use right now? Some French fries. Some seasoned Frenchy fries, you know? Like I don't, it's just part, it's yeah. part of. The, the fast food experience. Yeah. Well, because it's free, you know? Yeah. But 
if you what if you cut out because well, I've done keto before, if you cut out fast food, you pretty much you completely remove your desire for wanting like soda and fries. Because yeah. I think of soda and fries as fast food, like yeah. no matter what. Which I'm, I'm good on. I, yeah. I don't drink soda, so that's... Uh, yeah, I don't really drink soda yeah. either unless I'm going to a fast food place. Like unless it's like coming with it. And I'll ask for like a Powerade typically. If they don't have that, I'll do like a tea. But sometimes it's like a uh, Coke's fine. You know, like it's just quick. It's like uh, and to drink. It's like uh, Coke's fine. I drink it like whiskey now. Like if it's like available, like if someone has it offhand, and I just get a small glass with ice cubes, roll it around, let it sizzle. Uh-huh. I put it to my nose. I close my eyes and I think about my childhood, <laughs> and then I just take a nice little sipper that I roll around in my mouth. Uh-huh. That's exaggerated, but I do do that. But you do like you. But like, I don't get a full like yeah like a yeah, eight, yeah, yeah. I get like literally like three or four ounces, and I'm just like. I went to um, Wiener Schnitzel the other day because I was waiting for my girlfriend to. Excuse me, I was waiting for my girlfriend to get home, and I had brought her food for the next day. It was lunch. I was being a nice little boyfriend. You know what I'm saying? You're just yeah. You're doing, doing well, you're, my you're getting ahead. So yeah. if you do something wrong, you exactly. could, you know they're brownie points. It's a I know. Pir- it's a pyramid. Exactly. You know, you're doing because I at the time I was even. I was level. Yeah. Right. There was nothing going on. So I was like, you know what I could do right now to increase my pointage so that I could go because because again, when something happens, I'm going to go even again. So it won't really be that bad. So I could either get ahead again by doing something else nice or I can go low and play catch up. But I'm trying to stay even and then get ahead so that I just keep going even. Try not to go down. Yeah, but don't get too high because exactly if you get too high, expectations too high, and then it's a long way. It's a long fall, right? You know, it's it's, exactly yeah, yeah. You're not prepared. So I was get so I I got her some I got her some lunch for the next day, and I didn't want to just drop it off at her house because I wanted to see her. I wanted to physically give it to her, right? So, but she wasn't home yet. So I was out there, put gas, and I was hungry. And I didn't like the food that she got or that she eats. And it's like but Mediterranean, yeah, kava. Yeah, I'm not about I'm it. Not a, I just don't like it. It's just not my thing. It, yeah. It's just not good to me. No. But And I'm thankful because yeah. it doesn't look good. So no, not at all. But I will say good, and I, I don't even know if this is good Mediterranean, but there's this place called the Olive Pit in uh, downtown Brea. It's right. It's right where, on uh, Imperial. I'm sorry, on Birch and Brea Boulevard, across the street from the Brea Improv, uh, where the uh, towers delivered, delivered from there. Okay, right, the, where, right where that yeah. towers used to be. So it's right there, and we went there, and it was super good, dude. I'm, but I had salmon, I had um, rice, and I had grilled veggies. So again, it wasn't. It just didn't seem like like the fast food Mediterranean that they put like with the hummus and, and a, stuff. In a styrofoam. Yeah, it wasn't box. like that. So maybe I do like Mediterranean. I just don't like Americanized Mediterranean. Yeah, there's always. I'm sure there's right. something like it's. Right. It's ignorant to say that like you hate every type of food when you haven't right. really tried. Especially it. Especially like if you were to go visit Greece, like, and you just had, you know <laughs> you had like, to eat. Yo, like, where's I don't the like- in and out here, dude? <laughs> I don't like Mediterranean food. But yeah, so, okay, so I was getting her some food, dropped it off, but I was waiting for her and I got some wiener schnitzel. Haven't had wiener schnitzel in a while. Was it because you were passing it by or you're like, what sounds good right now? Wiener schnitzel. I was getting gas and there was a wiener schnitzel in the same. You saw the little guy running yeah, away. Yeah, the little that, wiener was. Dude, that, I've always empathized with that little man. Like when they used to have the commercials 
and there'll be people like chasing them and yeah back when commercials were good it's like it it just kind of painted a story <laughs> you're like well, like where was this guy at when you know he was maybe or maybe he's running away from his problems mm-hmm. so this is just expressing this but at the same time it's like it's is it, like how is it really supposed to be motivating you to go eat hot dogs or whatever i mean it's do it's working but it's just i don't know it's kind of kind of sick yeah to me yeah especially because people did go buy the hot dogs they basically wanted that guy's like we see what's happening here he has a face of distress yeah there should at least be like a a call like a call (laughs) sign you know just like hey if you want to help the weenies you know did he have a name he didn't even have a name was it wiener schnitzel no no i don't know it's probably like Craig or just <laughs> Daryl. Yeah, just you know, a normal bloke. Daryl, Daryl the Wiener. But yeah. So anyway, you. But yeah, so I got Wiener Schnitzel. You went and past. You were you open the door and like his face is there. You're like, yeah. I'm I was like, hey, buddy. Yeah, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna eat you right now. Uh, got two chili dogs. No cheese because the cheese on those chili is not good. So just the chili is the way to go. And uh, they sold me on the chili cheese fries though. No extra charge. I was like, ah, all right. And then uh, he was like, what do you want to drink? And I was like, oh, like, I don't need a drink. He's like, it comes with a drink. I was like, okay, well, uh, just give me a lemonade. And then he was like, well, what kind of lemonade do you want? I was like, oh, what do you have? And he's like, well, we got this. We got like seven. And I was like, That's Damn. everywhere now. Yeah. yeah. And so I was like, do you have strawberry? And he's like, yeah. I was like, give me the strawberry lemonade. <laughs> it would be funny. Yeah. like, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> that's the only one we do. Yeah. yeah, I'm out. But yeah, so then, so I, I get there and the, the dude was super, super nice. And I was actually not expecting that. Like he was very kind. He repeated my order at the call box. Like he told me my total. I got there. He asked how I was. He, like it wasn't just asking for the money. Hey man, how's it going? This was, uh, this was Christmas Eve. So like even, even more so. Like, you know, he's working at Wiener Schnitzel on Christmas Eve. Like nobody wants to work at Wiener Schnitzel on Christmas Eve. You know, this is like maybe eight o'clock. So like nobody was there. I don't know how that place is still open, but he was, yeah, anyway, super nice. Gave me, gave me my money back. He gave me my, uh, my food. And when he goes to hand me the drink, dude, it's like a 40 ounce lemonade. Just like a barrel. It's just like a big goal. And I'm like, I don't need that. Like, I'm serious. If yeah. I would have known, I would have told you to just put it in a smaller cup. Cause, but that wasn't, that was just the one that came with it. Like I didn't need, I didn't upgrade or nothing. That's just mm-hmm. the one that came with it. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah, it's like once you start, or for me anyway, when you start thinking about like what f- food like makes you feel, yeah, and like but why, like so, like there, you know, pretty much all fast food because I think everybody, you're not gonna get one hot dog and a little thing of fries. You're gonna get like three chili cheese fries, right? <laughs> put it all in a bowl, and then get chili dogs, and you know, you're gonna literally go to your max capacity, right? Maybe even more, right? And uh, you see the quantities, like, like the drinks are a good example. And you just realize like, oh, like this is, it's not, it's not like psychologically uh, making me addicted to this. This is literally, it's like actual, like a physical thing where yeah. you just have this little voice in your head that says, oh, that's, that sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's a, it's a fucked up well, thing. But it's a, it's a weird thing because it's an overtime process. Because because that became normal, that 30-ounce cup or like whatever, always having fries and a soda became normal when you order. Now it's like when you order, you don't 
it's too much work to say I don't need any of that. And it's, it's fine. It's as or more expensive not right. to have it. Exactly. Which is that's yes, they charge you just as much just for the burger. It's crazy. So it's right. like, well, yeah, I'll just give it to me. And so that's why I just feel like, you know, it's it, it it is kind of an addiction in a way because you're addicted to just ordering that and just, or just keeping things simple. Like right, you don't you to the same. Like for me, like I'm I could I'm pretty passive in those situations. Mm-hmm. So I like I could see it just being like oh, oh okay well and yeah. then you start to justify it's like well I I could just put it in the fridge and which I never drink anyway right. but it's like I just like oh I'm gonna have it so well that's the next? other that's the other thing with the portion thing too is like you don't want that much food right but then you're like well I already paid for it I'm gonna finish it so that's I feel like that's where they get you and that's where you start to overindulge and start to overeat so then your capacity to eat that much food becomes normal to your stomach and so then the more and more and more you eat the more your stomach kind of grows and is more used to eating that much food because as soon as I went on my my keto diet at the beginning of the year and cut out fast food, carbs, bread, sugar, like all of that kind of stuff. And I was intermittent fasting. So I was only eating lunch and dinner and I wasn't eating any time after like nine. I mean, it was crazy how my cravings just went away. I mean, it, it was insane. It, took, it was a hard two weeks. but And especially because I work in a place where there's a bunch of pastries all the time and they're just free. And then there's syrups and sauces and stuff like that that go within your beverages. So, And I was working at an Italian restaurant too. So bread, pasta, soups, you know, all that kind of stuff. It was just at my disposal. Did your mind uh, try to find a different type of craving? Like, was it like, well, you weren't eating, well, it wasn't like candy or... No. Did it, but did it go somewhere else? Or was there like a lack of energy yeah, towards yeah, yeah. something? No. So, I mean, so I did have to supplement a little bit just because I would notice that I would get hungry like in those instances. So for example, if I was coming from one job and then went to the, the restaurant, midway into my shift, I was hungry. And so typically I would have like a breadstick or whatever just to kind of hold me over. But so what I started doing was I started eating olives just nonstop, just like munching on olives and then grapes. Cause even though it was sugar and it was a lot, it was just a couple, you know, just to kind of have like that food in my mouth and it was quick. Um, I was already eating the salads at Olive Garden when I was working there. So that wasn't anything new, but I wasn't putting the croutons on there, which was a downer. Like the, the salad just doesn't taste right without the croutons. The crunch. It just there and there's the seasoning. It, there's seasoning in those croutons. Mm. There's some, I don't like... Uh, or I do now, but I, I didn't used to like red onions. I still don't like tomatoes, so I don't put the tomatoes on there. But at Olive Garden, the toma- with the with the red onions, the olive, the the type of lettuce, the dressing, the croutons, and the pepperoncinis, dude. Like if you just kind of like have a bite of like all of that, for some reason, dude, it tastes so good. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have any of like one of those things are missing, it just doesn't taste the same. Mm-hmm. And the store-bought um, Olive Garden dressing is trash. It's garbage. I don't know what it is. I bought it. I bought it from the store one time, and I was like, "I'm never." This is this not again. the same thing. Well, do they make it? Do they make no. the? No, it's no. all still imported. Yeah, mm. but I think maybe it was because of the the ingredients that I was using. I wasn't using uh, Olive Garden's lettuce, olives, red yeah. red pet or uh, red onion. I was doing whatever the store-bought was, and just whatever it was, it just didn't taste the same. It's uh, it's interesting to think too that a big reason why a lot of us go to uh, 
those fast food joints is because of the drive through. So like just imagine if Chipotle had a drive through, if Urban Plates had a drive through, if just let's just say these big restaurants had a drive through, then yeah. then I think people would be more inclined to go because like it's like still fast. But that's kind of what happened with the with the pandemic though, with this uh grab and go. Yeah. And spe- yeah. and curbside curbside road assistance or whatever mm-hmm. the fuck. Yeah, so it's like realizing that um well, one, because you, you can't, right? So you can't go in the store right. or in the restaurant. So you have to think of something. Right. And restaurants, have well, to stay yeah, they can't be like, okay, well, we don't do t- drive through So we're not going to, you know, we're just going to close shop. They're not going right. to do that. Exactly. And I think there's a, there is a handful, hopefully more than a handful of people that actually realize like, oh, shoot, like I have to eat better because or else I'm just going to go to just right. shit food. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, dude. I, I, <sighs> I really don't think that anybody really th- has thought about their health during this whole thing, though. I think it's it's either or. I think I think there's been a lot of people that have and that have gotten on a good health kick and they've they adapted. They started working out like in public places at the park or at the beach or like whatever, hiking, doing that thing. But I think for a majority, you know, the amount of people that, you know, continued smoking cigarettes and continued binge drinking and getting into yeah, the drinking marijuana. probably went up for like everybody. I mean, yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm, I'm off of it for indefinitely because I, I was telling, Char- I think I was trying, I think it was on the podcast. I was basically telling Charlie that, you know, this, this time of coming back home from being at our place and, being in a place where now I'm going to be getting a degree and I'm thinking about my my future a little bit more. I just, I can't let these two years be like a waste of time. And I feel like when I have any sort of alcohol or weed or like anything like that, I could have the best intentions and the best motives to want to use it for creativity or relaxation or, you know, just to kind of like unwind or whatever. But, you know, the fact of the matter is it is it slows you down. I mean, for me personally, like I will wake up, you know, not as sharp. Yeah, I'm a little bit sluggish, especially with like drinking, even if it's a couple drinks. If I'm smoking like weed, like I'll get kind of creative. But then, at, you know, after an hour or two, I'm just I just want to, you know, not do anything anymore. My motor skills aren't like completely like 100% there. Like I'm not good on my feet, you know. So I remember at the beginning of doing these podcasts, like I would be drinking a little bit or smoking like before. and just my sharpness wasn't there, you know? So just kind of like thinking about all that and thinking about being here for two years, now that we're done with the wedding, now that we're done with the move, now that I'm done like getting into school, you know, I kind of understand what it's going to take for me to like manage my, my time well. And I don't have my second job. So like all of that, just thinking about it all, I'm like, you just got to like really, really, really hone in on your time here so that you can, after the the, the, the two years are up, you can 100% say that you gave it your all. Whereas if I, if I was drinking or smoking or like doing whatever, I couldn't be honest and tell myself that I gave it my all at that point, you know? Yeah. So that's, that's kind of where I'm at. Well, and it's, a, it's just a, it's probably, I think one of the biggest challenges for a lot of us because mm-hmm. It's it's almost a like a deadly thing to to be able to be like a good drinker or a good oh, yeah. smoker, especially mm-hmm. smoking since it's there's not a lot of um um it doesn't like you know cause a bunch of motor skills and for you to just be 
off the mark where drinking once you get to a certain place and you know i talk from experience and then you were one too or are one so you get to a place and then yeah it's just it's kind of like the whole uh fast food thing it's like you just start to there's this little voice that you know justifies that reoccurrence because i'm sure um you have done this too but like i've told myself so many times even if i knew i wasn't serious but like oh i should cut back like that whole that just that 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 conversation so i think it's a good move for yourself to be like i'm fucking tired of like lying to myself yeah when i know that i you know have all these pros to this whole thing so well, because it was, the, the, we, I've had a couple conversations too with just uh, people just throughout this holiday season that I haven't seen in a while, um, and basically like always having that. There's always going to be a reason to to drink, celebration, like, yeah. shitty things, right? Like boredom, boredom. It enhances vacation, something. Vacation. You're going to the beach. You know, you're going to. I mean, we were going to the movies drinking in the parking lot you go on a hike you take beers up to the hike so that by the time you got there you I know mean, you got to celebrate would go to church and just <laughs> would go in the bathroom like yeah it was crazy yeah you it know, was we wild were, we were only an eight wow you know we didn't even know what we were drinking exactly yeah so you know when you think about it that way and then because i want to get to the point where i'm more sober than i am like not sober because i feel like right now even though i am technically more sober throughout my life i just feel like i'm there's always a reason for intoxication somehow and like people know me as the person that's always going to be down so i kind of want to get to that place where i go through the those weird questions of oh you're not gonna oh you're not drinking or oh oh like oh you know and you get through that so that the 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 once in a while you're like, oh, like I'll take a drink, you know. It's almost like, oh, you're gonna have a drink with us, like you know, like, and they they get excited that like you're gonna have that drink with them, or you're gonna smoke with them, or like whatever, because um, I think at that point it'll be it'll be more meaningful, you know. Yeah, like even like just like just having a a can of like room temperature Bud Light or something. You're just like, hey man, like, it's been six months, but just for old time's sake, you know, pop it. Yeah, just, oh, this is. You know what? I broke my streak yeah, for this. For this. <laughs> Jesus. No, not for Budweiser. Oh. Bud Light, Budweiser. Bud um, Light was not. You were on that kick for a little bit, huh? I've been in waves. I've um, never been a Budweiser. Bud, Bud, so Bud Light, I would only drink with uh, Blake Sunday. Um, I'd only do a lot of things just with him. Like, because <laughs> so Blake Sunday is like my best friend from hockey that we used to play with. And. I he's in Huntington and I so pretty much like we'll just see each we're like old men like we'll see and talk to each other like once or twice a month yeah but then when we do it's like nothing ever happened um pick right back up we'll just get a bottle it's like we'll get a bottle usually of tequila or or Jeez. either that we'll do that <laughs> or we'll get like a sometimes we've got like sixteen packs eighteen packs of of yeah, like Bud Light or something because they like right. I'm like and I'm like I don't care so like we'll just do that right and then smoke cigars and then and the occasional dip yeah which all those I don't really care for at all but I'll only do it with because of that so it's kind of like my own 
and I'm not like saying like this as like a good thing. It's just so you only like I'll, him for those things. Well, like I'll find I mean. <laughs> like something with somebody. Yeah. Right. That's like, like I won't say no. Right. Like or I'll just like because it's like I think like oh I'm a partake in this experience. Yeah. And usually you know good things happen from that. Well, it's unique to your your friendship too. Like that's kind of like your guys's kind of. It's like having it's like having like somebody that you would like go fishing with, which he would probably be that person yeah, too, he's right? That, yeah, <laughs> yeah he's but like you have that person that you go fishing with, or you have that person that you go hiking with. You have that person that you like to go to different sporting events with, depending on how they like it, you know. Because I I probably never go to a basketball game on my own, but when our uncle or cousin you know invites us because they got season tickets, or with I'm, I'm like, sure Charlie like when yeah that gets popping yeah 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 so like. You know that it we're like a yes people in that sense. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm always I'm not going to pass yeah. up the experience. What's the, there's a like a word for that type of person. Yes like, man. Hmm? Yes man. Uh, I mean basically that, but yeah, yeah. it's like a almost like a romantic word for it. But just like you know, like you're just yeah, like you're an open minded. Yeah, you're just always down individual and um, like I mean, because I've done things that I would never think of doing, like the whole idea of drinking four locos and. <laughs> And because, and that's, again, like, that's not smart for a lot, for a lot of people, four locos are a reason why some people don't drink anymore. Yeah. Like, it's that, yeah. just bad. But then, like, for, yeah. um, like, people like myself, like, you do it, and you do it in a way where you don't feel like dying the next day. So then yeah. it's like, it's not scary to do again. Right. Well, because we were doing it uh, to save money. Save money, save time. Save time. Right. I mean, there must and there's must be something in us that we just don't want to admit about, like actually like liking it, like a certain edit, like a certain. You would, for me, it was after the first like maybe the 10 first sips. Yeah, for me, it was probably five. But the yeah. first five, I was just like, it made your face change. <laughs> Um, yeah. I would look at Austin drinking to see if he would do the same, and like, yeah. But then once it got going, and we're like talking, you or get that little music, buzz going. You're just yeah, yeah. like, you're like, eh. tossing back, yeah. Well, cause yeah, I remember, uh, I remember when we got, uh, Quinn into that for Coachella, we all got four locos to, uh, pregame in the, the parking lot. Oh, yeah. It was, it what was a time. trash by like three. What a time. What a time to be alive. And then we and had then, a whiskey, uh, yeah, we whiskey, made bottles. Uh, yeah. Whiskey Coke. Whiskey Coke in, that we took in line. Like, to the line. Cause the Coachella line is like kind of far from the. Yeah, it was, it was for the walk and the line. I was, uh, <laughs> we went to see Disclosure at the, at the main stage. Yeah. Because I wasn't like super into him at the time. I remember I was just falling asleep. Yeah. I was standing up just like swaying kind yeah. of back and forth. And I knew um, Latch. Right. right. You know, but when I heard that, I was like, oh, okay, I know the songs. So. Right. But yeah, I was just like, oh, man, I'm a, like. I was in the front row with two uh, Brazilian lesbians for that song. It was pretty nice. It was fun. <laughs> yeah, it was tight. We were dancing and having a good old time. They were tripping on LSD. I was just drunk. Damn, were you like, man? Yeah. Yeah, I was like, man. But yeah, it was a good time. As Sam Smith came out to sing that song, and uh, sounded like just perfect. It was crazy. It was crazy. It was crazy to hear him like sing and it like sound good. Because I was, you know, when you hear a like producer or DJ um, have a backtrack to a song, and then a vocalist comes on it, it just never yeah. meshes well. And a lot of times too, they have mm -hmm. the vocal in the back, yeah. so so you're almost like hearing. Like a karaoke yeah, person. Like a, yeah, like what? Yeah, I hate that. I hate when rappers do that, dude. Mm -hmm. And that's a huge thing with rap. Uh, we've talked about it on the podcast too. Uh, I took uh, our cousin 
um, and Charlie, and then another homie of ours to go see JID at um, the observatory in uh, Santa Ana. And he was unreal. Like he didn't have any backtracks. Like the music was super good. He's on um, Dreamville, which is J. Cole's uh, record label. And But every single opener that he had, dude, it was, it was like we were at a backyard concert with a PA system. And these guys had just finished their songs. Like, and they were like demos. And they were like, they're ready to go. And they just came out and just like did karaoke over them. Yeah. And you heard them like breathing. And they would and they were, you know, to their to their credit, they were trying to do like crowd work where they would be like, you know, like they would be like singing the the lyrics and then they'd take their their hand off the the mic and like point it to the crowd was, as if the whole crowd crickets. was gonna know their song. And everybody yeah. was just like Yeah. Yeah. It's like maybe they're just they're just training, you know. For, I mean and and yeah, <laughs> and you got I guess you gotta start somewhere. Yeah. So Yeah, it's who, like an open mic. And and who am I really, right? Because I'm just in the crowd, you know, as an observer. Like they're the ones up there doing it, so I really can't say much. But at, you know, was still. the and it was the general energy in the crowd like who the fuck are these guys? I I haven't gone to a lot of hip hop shows, so I don't know. But to me, what it seemed like was this is pretty standard where. The openers are local guys. They don't really, they're not known by anybody and they probably have a couple homies in the crowd, but everybody's there for the headliner. And so the PA system wasn't as loud and everybody was talking and like just chatting and getting wasted over these guys. And it wasn't until like the main opener, so the guy that went on right before JID, where the lights were more dim, the PA was louder. He actually didn't. Uh, rap over the backtrack the entire time like he had moments where he would do it but like he was pretty okay i just didn't really care for it um but then jid came out and it was like night and day like the production was there the pa was there lights were there his crowd work was there he was singing and rapping and and then the whole crowd just switched on exactly and they were completely like coherent with like repeating all the words and and, like you know all that kind of stuff so i've heard i've heard from a lot of people and even like professional like people hearing on podcasts that a lot of rap shows are pretty cringy yeah just because a lot of people are fucked up yeah um I think it was uh, Diplo said to, um, uh, I think it was Kill the Noise. There's so many on Mr. Bill's podcast who's like an audio engineer and also DJ. So like he has on other uh, electronic people. Mm. But uh, Diplo said like, yeah, like some of the worst like rooms I've done are like been like rap. Just because, not much for him, but when he goes to the shows and they have openers, like there's not a lot of rap um, uh, crowds that are really open to to that. Which, you know, granted like, um edms like that too yeah but he was uh, saying that the contrast though is that because people are there to dance right and i guess just the type of drugs they're doing it's like maybe more everyone's more like open willing to open it he yeah. said the best was country diplo which I, I think he's just done one right the well, but, stagecoach well no but he just came he just came out with a country album not too yeah. long ago and he's kind of on this country kick i feel like he's kind of doing that whole thing that like uh avici was doing a little bit where he they're just always trying to like branch into something new and different, different market. Exactly. And I mean, if they do it and they get it done right, then why not? And I feel like that's kind of the vibe that he's been, because he was doing house for a little bit too, before he was doing country. I heard a little bit of the set and he was, I didn't hear all of it, but he was playing like a lot of that, like, like 2013, 2014, kind of like Electra house stuff, which 
It's kind of cringy to me, but I was thinking like maybe like a lot of people there though don't know the difference. Right. So maybe it was like that was maybe their intro to. And when you hear it live is the best way to hear it. But yeah, well, and I just feel like people that go to see Diplo. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not really yeah, like thinking fuck too. Those yeah. people, they know they don't know shit. I'm just thinking like I don't really take their opinions on like music taste to heart very much. You know? Yeah, they should all be criminals. I think <laughs> be locked up. And 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 it's uh, and I don't really think that that's fair to say too because I don't think like Diplo himself is a bad producer or no. Like, no and I think I, if, like I've heard like things about like he has a lot of collaborators and right. songwriters, but he did like really like stand out and work his his ass off to get to a right. certain place. I, yeah, exactly. And it, it, it's like with all things, I wouldn't have gone his route. Like I wouldn't have done what he did had I hit that pinnacle. Like if I if I got to that point where I was like Jack U status. I would have started to do like some weird, crazy, cool electronic, like, like uh, experimental stuff. Yeah, have the you budget know, to like, re- yeah, like do whatever well, like, I want. Well, I like, do like what Porter did, right? Um, ex- even, even excision or whatever excision. Any of those guys that just completely take their own breath. Because to me, Diplo still like has to be asked to play a festival. Like he doesn't do his own thing, you know. Like he's just kind of touring around, like doing things that other people want him to do. Well, that, and then I mean, he has his own. What's the uh, what's it, the festival that he he holds? The Mad Decent stuff. Yeah, but again, it's like the Mad Decent block parties. To me, it's just like it was cool when it was block parties, but I don't feel like it's block parties no more. Like it lost that like intimacy. Yeah, because well, he was yeah, doing it like blown the, up, right? Well, like Stevie Oki's block parties. True, I forget what exactly those were those called, but they were like Tuesdays. Yeah, they were like in a small venue in LA. It was like in two thousand, like five to two thousand eight or With something like, like that. DJ AM and stuff. Yeah, and then like, well, yeah, it's the black small IPs. and got huge, and then like you're seeing all these celebrities get there, and then as soon as he started like touring for himself, um, man, I wish I could really like chat with that guy of like. Like what's he really? Stevie Oki. Yeah, like if he's because his music is just it doesn't. Well, the thing is, it's I don't want to say it's not relevant. Mm-hmm. It's just not relevant to like the U.S. No, it's but Very he UK. has so many different markets, in yeah, so many different places where it almost doesn't matter, right? But yeah, I just wonder if he just makes music, maybe because he likes it, made up, you know. But then it's just he's just maintaining his persona and his brand. I just feel like all those guys that do like EDM stuff, you know, like the the festival kind of like what the yeah, like EDM to people who think EDM's like the broad it kind of is, but when we talk about EDM it's like kind of the mainstream. most flashy like just main stage yeah. kind of stuff. Chainsmokers, Steve Aoki, Martin Garrix, Tiesto, Hardwell, Hardwell David Guetta. David Guetta, all those guys. All those guys that have been around for years, you know, but they just didn't change their sound at all or adapt or like try new things yeah but you see like like skrillex is a perfect example like he i mean just just started doing um he's doing like rock like post-hardcore or or stuff like that um and then he got into dubstep Mm -hmm. and which i i wish i could see your interview to speak more in depth because it's still kind of not not really clear he just kind of had his unique sound and then it provided like a really big energy and then all the big people at the time especially in la like just propelled him up right and then he just pretty much became an overnight success but then yeah. after like three years or so of doing that and like touring nonstop, then he took breaks and then just started producing for pop artists 
pop artist, hip hop. He came out with his last album that was pretty cool because it had a bunch of different vibes. Has, has the Mothership? Yeah. 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 Like it had a house song. It had a couple yeah, of like. It's six years old. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I think, I, but see, the, the, the reason why, even though I don't like all of his, the stuff that he does or comes out with, I can always just pay like respect to that guy because like he's legit doing what he wants to do and then everything just sounds good. Like the, mm-hmm. the, the mixing, the mastering and the engineering of everything, like it just sounds so good. Yeah. Like I he's, can find the, the, the respect and the subtleties. I do. I'm, a, I'm all, like also curious too, like why, like this is the thing he wants to do. Yeah. You know? And because I, um, I think when people think Skrillex, they think like, oh, this dubstep lord and all right. that stuff. But really, like he didn't go out to, you know, like change to truly uh, change and and uh, like Develop. propel dubstep, the sound of dubstep. Or else he would be kind of back at it. But like right. because dubstep is a pretty large, broad, global uh, subgenre, mm-hmm. and. Yeah, like he just there's because there's a lot of diff, like you know just up and comers and just people that are sounding like way more crazy than like what he did. Right. Granted, you know it's just years ago, but right. um, yeah, he's just kind of went off into this other thing and didn't really have an explanation. Right. So yeah, and you know honestly, like I don't feel like he needs to give one because no. and yeah, like and that's the thing too is like I don't. Like I'm not a like a like looking at people's magazine and like yeah. looking trying to see what trying to configure what like the headspace of a celebrity is right. you know like hopefully I get to it or we get to a place where like he could just tell us or himself right. have a so. conversation yeah I think I think the uh, the next person that I'm kind of like looking for like with that kind of kind of a vibe is uh, Kenny Beats. Because I just like his story of doing his DJ stuff with Loud Pack and then falling off and having to basically rebrand and like figure out like what he was going to do on his own and then just coming out with like a bunch of hip hop stuff. And just like, because like you watch his streams on Twitch and all that kind of stuff and he's playing the bass, the guitar, the keys, he's sampling, he's mixing and mastering and then he's offering just dropping knowledge for producers. Yeah. And so it's just like, oh, like, like, it's just so cool to see somebody who became successful and he's working with like the best of the best in, in terms of like the, the the rap community and he's just dropping knowledge. And then he collaborates with people like Timbaland and like all these people to get on Twitch. So now Timbaland's on yeah, Twitch. Yeah, no, I've been checking those which out. Which that's and, so sick to see he, this yeah. god. Yeah, you know? like uh, <laughs> Promiscuous Girl. Know, like dude. all A uh, bunch of Jay-Z songs. A bunch like, of Justin Timberlake songs. Fucking um, Nelly Furtado, yeah. Oh yeah, Promiscuous Girl, yeah, yeah. But I mean, and then he goes, yeah. I enjoy watching the studio stuff too. Of like when he's like gonna, like there's this video. It's from Jay Z's Black Album documentary, and it kind of starts a segment like he's like, I I spend you know hours and hours in the studio just looking for the right beat yeah and then timberland who at the time was like kind of this kind of fat guy and he Husky. has or- a gallon of orange juice that he's just sipping on yeah which i don't know if yeah who knows what's in there champagne or yeah something. honestly it's like mimosas <laughs> um and he's just like okay let me check this out and then he plays like one or two and then um jay-z's reaction you know it's real minimal and just not like like pass pass yeah 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 so okay all right hard beat 
coming right up and then cause you and you see the confidence on timberland's face like yeah i'm just showing you the worst yeah, of my yeah, bunch yeah, yeah, so yeah. i'm just starting and, off. He, and he plays dirt off your shoulders dirt off your shoulders he played it and then he stopped it yeah and then like jay-z like went back in his chair yeah and because you and when i watch that stuff i almost try to put my headspace into that like right there in the moment where like i have no idea what that song is right so it's like just hearing shocking yeah yeah i love that i love i love seeing excuse me the reactions from producers like when they're in the same studio space with the rappers and like they make that like skank face and they're just like ooh, like what is this and the or like when they when they've been working on something together and then they like hit it and then they just like they're all just like vibing in the studio because you know it's loud you know it's hitting and they just made it kind of like you were saying so you're just like because i think about what we do when we're in here in just my room making a beat or making a song and then you just list, you you go through that whole point of like where it's like all right like I got to go to bed or we got whatever and you have that one last listen and you're just like oh this is like this yeah, is I, so good you know it's kind of embarrassing how much I listen to to my own music I don't think it's embarrassing at all like especially when it's fresh yeah like uh, I made two songs yesterday and each song for the first half of it I was like uh, I don't think this is going anywhere like this yeah. is but it's like. I kind of keep going because I know it's an exercise. So I'm just like, well, let's just maybe just try to make like a, a chorus. And mm-hmm. then with me, it's like a lot of just picking cool samples and hearing what sounds good together. It's like a collage. And um, and too, like I'm tr- I'm really getting down with my with my drums and letting it hit is like so kind of like it's almost cliche when you hear those documentaries of the of the beat makers and they they say that. You know, does it have bounce? Does yeah. it have and I was yeah. like, you know, what does that really mean? Yeah, what does it mean? And it's just, you know, for it's just your head just yeah going and then the out. face and the face too. Everything. Yeah. It's all a rap. So it's almost like this weird hive moment of like, oh, I was just gonna trash this song and now it sounds actually pretty right. fucking sick. I love when that happens when you're or even like when you start off with a good idea and you're like, Oh, like I really love this and you start working on it some more and you just basically ruin it. Like, it's just like, oh, like, what the heck happened? Like, this was sounding so good. So you get frustrated. But then if you just, it's almost like, have you ever seen that analogy of the little gold digger digging for gold? And it's two. And they're both right on the edge of if they just like hammer through a couple Mm -hmm. more rocks, the gold's right there on the other Mm -hmm. side. But one gold digger turned away and the one kept going. You know, like you just mm-hmm. never know when you're going to hit that success type thing. Yeah. It's one of those things with music, I guess with anything, where it's it's almost like if you just prevail and if you just keep going, you just never know what's going to come out of it. And I, I like that with music where even even though it might have gotten to this point of where you wanted to trash it or it wasn't sounding too good or like whatever, but because you just kept, you know, no, like I'm, there, there could be something here. Mm-hmm. And there's just so many avenues to fix it. Right or to make it sound yeah, better, yeah. go back to the drawing board, completely remove everything, but keep that original loop that you like. Like you know what I'm saying? There's so mm-hmm. many ways of getting around it than just giving up on it. Yeah. Well, just putting a like a little pin in this uh, convo right now. But going back to the analogy, have you seen holes? Yeah. With you seen, the, the, you've seen the scene where like uh, where uh, the little girl's digging, and she's is she's digging in the middle of the desert with her grandpa, and then she's just like, I'm tired. Of, I'm tired of digging grandpa and he's just like that's too damn bad 
you keep digging. So I'm thinking like the little girl is the one, the person that's not digging hard enough. Right. Where the grandpa that just took us, just spat in the ground. Right. He's looking for that gold. He's looking for the gold. So now I see that movie in a totally different way. Totally different light. Yeah, he's just trying to, you know, just get his gold. Lauren. Damn. Just deep. Just trying to get my gold. Yeah. But um, <laughs> yeah, no, and it's because when you look at, you know, the the DAW, you're looking at what you're working with to to arrange these sounds and music. Um, it's like these are all ingredients that people use, right? Yeah. It's like it's like cooking, yeah, and then having cayenne pepper, having you know some garlic, whatever. It's like you know, like greatness is used with this. Yeah, it's just a matter of figuring your own right. recipe. Yeah, and you know it's years in the making, and then it and then it's just development over time with your own personal like creativity on that point too. You know, because I I always used to think of that like, well, there's so many people out there that are talented musicians and talented engineers and talented producers who have been at this way longer than me or not even been at it just as long as me. And it's just so competitive, but nobody has my brain and nobody has my creative like seasoning on it. You know what I'm saying? It's because it, that's unique to me. And so when you think about it that way, you're not looking at it like a competition no more. You're just, again, making what you would want to obsess and listen to. So when I, you know, kind of going back to you listening to your music, you know, embarrassing, an embarrassing amount, I mean, I do the same thing. I mean, I have so many songs that I just, a, a big portion of, what, of my music that I consume is my own stuff. And it's not to like toot my own horn in a sense, because obviously I'm like an, analyzing it and wanting to figure out what I got to do next for the next time that I get to sit at my computer and stuff. But I mean, there are times where like, I'll just be working out and I'll just go, for, I think you do this too, where you just start off from like the beginning of your playlist and you go through like all the songs that you've been working on. And some of them they're never going to release, but you just, li you like listening to those songs. Yeah, you find like the intent. You go back into your mindset when you originally yeah. were working on a song. And um and there's even times from like my early, early stuff where I'm like, I don't even know how I made this. Yeah. And dude. I'm like, what? Me too. Me too. And a lot of it because I don't know is because I was so ignorant and just like just did random ass stuff. They were accidents. Where I was like, Oh, cool. Okay, that's you know, I made this bass and that sounds cool. But it's cool how you hit that like deja vu kind of experience too, because like so now like I'll be I'll be doing some stuff, right? And it's like say it's just happening. I I have the drum beat going, I have the keys there and I'm looking for a bass line or whatever. And because I have my presets saved of sounds that I've made before or I also have this like knowledge of well, I can make a sine wave into anything now because like I just got to like get the the construct and the baseline first and then I can do the sound design later. You know, just all of that stuff it just it comes with maturity. And it's just so cool that you can kind of dive back into stuff that you've done before and just bring that to the table now. Because it's just all accumulated knowledge and, and experience and, and ability, you know. Thinking about like the very first time I like touched a computer and I didn't even know what like a sidechain was, you know. The first time you got to, you know, figure out what a sidechain was. And now I use sidechain on every single thing. Like there's not a day that goes by that I don't use a sidechain or an EQ. Yeah, yeah. You know, I so think, it's like, I, yeah, I think of like the EQ, the EQ. I mean, it's like so, like just not even using the terms for what those are. It's like now it's it's instinct for when I start a certain track, like a kick, and like, well, okay, I got to get rid of unwanted frequencies, and then I'll boost them later, and then if I want to make it louder or quieter, right. and then I'll compress it. It's like 
it's like now you don't have to think about those things anymore. Right. Yeah. You know? um, yeah. And just having an understanding of what each one of them does. And I'll remember like talking to uh, professors and, and uh, basically what he was telling me, like the reason that I'm able to charge so much money for like mixing and mastering is because I'm able to get it to like zero dB, which is like zero dB is like the standard for like volume that comes out of your speakers. And then you can amplify it like on your car or on your headphones or whatever. But like zero dB is like what the song comes out as. And that's how it's released on Spotify or iTunes or whatever. You want to get it to like this this standard of like zero dB. And he's like, yeah, I could get every single point of the song to sound good at zero dB. And I didn't understand what that meant when he told me back, you know, four years ago. But now having this understanding of mixing and mastering and understanding what volume does and and what headroom is and just, you know, again, like I learned this all back in school, but because it was just so rushed, you're just like, this is what a threshold is. This is what this is. This is what that is. This is what that is. And you're just like writing notes to pass the class. And it's not till you're like putting everything to use that you're like, oh, that's what that is. Oh, that's what they meant. Oh, the, oh, this is that, you know? And it's through like trial and error too, where you would figure that out. So it's just, it, it just keeps going on with that whole thing of like, you know, if you really do want to do something and uh, you found a passion and a love for it, like, you can do it. You just got to get creative and 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 want to go through the the downfalls and the the struggles of it too. You know. Yeah, and just keep up that confidence. Like when you, when you start to make a something that sounds sick, it's like you kind of have to realize where that impression's coming from, and that's mm-hmm. always from that like fanboy in you of like yeah. why you wanted to make music or what just is cool to sound sa- like cool to sound like. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, that's just been fucking nuts to realize and see, and then just realize like, it's like always there. Like, you know, the gold is like you were saying is it's there. You just have to, yeah. you just have to fucking dig it. Yeah. So having, having said all that, like with, with where we're at today, we're, we're just coming out of 2020. It's been a weird year. We're going into 2021. We already know that Loro is going to be doing keto diet. Is there anything else that maybe you're doing that you want to shift this year that's aligning with your goals or anything like that? Like what do you, what are some things that you're trying to trying to do this year? Is there anything? Well, I mean, beside for I guess dieting and just making my body healthier and more energetic. Um I think I just want to get more more projects done, really. Yeah. Like I just want to just get um like we're uh, kind of in pre-production for a film, which we could kind of discuss later. Yeah. But um, yeah, just kind of, I guess, just using my confidence to like actually put more stuff out. Yeah. Um, and Do you know how many songs you released last year? Uh, let's see. Um, I released. Think. Think. Uh, uncomfortable. Um, I released nasty i released honey i released um and then the last one is uh shit hawk shit hawk shit hawk so you released five songs last year yeah not bad no i would say i would say for a year where for a lot of people i know for me because i i started off releasing a song a, a month that's what that was my goal at the beginning of last year is to release a song a month and i think i did six but then towards the middle of the year i just just 
cut it. I couldn't do it anymore. I was getting at that point where it was becoming more of a, and I talked about it last week, where it was just becoming more of a pain rather than like a creative outlet and a and a saving grace. Yeah. I, well, for me, a big thing about what limits it is because I I don't do my own graphic design. Because you need, you know, cover art so you could put on Distro Kid so it could go to Spotify and all that. Yeah. So I guess that would probably be in my best interest to try to learn. Yeah. But I'm fucking afraid of that. You know, it's just I might just do stick figures just to save time. I feel like I feel like graphic design is one of those things where if you're not gifted with drawing and coming up with if like a cl- a, a blank canvas. Like if you have a blank canvas and then creating, you know, that's like a, like, that's just like a talent that you need. Cause yeah. with this, I kind of know music a little bit, even though I'm not a and musician you hear it. and I hear it. You hear what it Right. Is. So I can kind of copy. I mean, I guess you could take a graphic design piece and like outline it and then remove the original piece <laughs> and then just have the outline and then just kind of manipulate the outline. Yeah. But that, well, I don't even know if that's a thing. Well, I mean, how Parker's does it is he just finds a cool layer as a background mm. and then he'll put just multiple and then he's each layer he's he's editing you know gotcha. just colors saturation or like what he wants gotcha um yeah so that's that's pretty much yeah i mean it seems like you I guys do. got a pretty decent groove together though yeah like, it's just you know i definitely have to you know ask him yeah yeah, yeah for sure a couple of times yeah but, I, um, that's been my experience with graphic design artists though yeah, they fucking <laughs> suck. They they are slow like, to. What are they doing? You know, I think they're on the computer, but I think they're just just jerking off. You know, and they call it graphic design. Yeah, I'm yeah, it's making cool. graphics with my my fucking dick with their cum. Yeah, <laughs> different layers of the same. They keep they like save it. This one's aged about three weeks, so it has kind of a brownish oh. brownish tint. Has some bubbles, it's crusty. <laughs> Yeah. He like counts the sperm too. He's Ugh. like a sperm count. Like mm, there's a lot. You know, I have more babies in this layer. <laughs> this also. This one would have been more successful. So yeah, this would have been. You this know, one's good. Graphic hit. designer. Yeah, this is gonna hit harder. <laughs> you you have to think like I don't know too much about art, but I've I've seen some some people like they'll make art from like throwing feces and. Yeah, shit and mud like grass piss yeah. and stuff and i don't exactly Abstract. know like what it, it's like because it's supposed to mean something yeah. like maybe it's like an anti-art so it's like oh like this is you know human this yeah. is more human than, than this picasso painting right or, right i mean that's yeah that's i went mine. to uh lacma and they had a um ash exhibit so all the art somebody's ash or like oh like ash like no the, just, that's all the exhibit said it was ash it was an ash exhibit oh like the like okay like, yeah like that. fire like ash but like you mean like <laughs> the they residue. they've they they will make um, they'll make art from stuff. ash it, but yeah it, but it wasn't just it wasn't just subject to one type of art so there was um, sculptures made of ash there was paintings made of ash there was charcoal Damn, like that's a whole like, genre it was just ash that was the exhibit. There was like figures made of ash. There was like, it, it was just crazy. It was just like a bunch of ash like exhibits and it was a whole floor on one of the LACMA buildings. And uh, I was, yeah, you can make art with anything. So yeah, I'm sure there's a human feces one Where, one of these like days. Someone, like someone's the biggest fan. Like someone made a Facebook page period just blood. for period blood. Period blood exhibit. 
That's, I mean, I, like, that's kind of deep. Like, you know, you'd be like, oh, this is like a burden for, for it could be like a feminist right, tool, right. like feminism. And or, the very first um, art piece is um, like Genesis, like two, where they talk about how the uh, woman's going to go through uh, childbirth uh, pains because of the fall. And it's just like blood on the page. It's just so much blood. And it's just like a man, like just like nodding with disapproval. The, the snake like is like somehow like he's laughing like yeah. he's like ah yeah. like yeah is it it's the uh, the serpent holding a baby with the with the bottle yeah a yeah. blood yeah, yeah. period Cut, blood. cutting the cutting the cord yeah that's so fucked um because <laughs> you know like i have a lady and we grow up with you know with like my sister or our sister sorry <laughs> <laughs> i almost forgot no yeah, um, cool. and yeah. mom and whatnot so it's like you know the whole idea of periods have like been around so you're just like fuck this like you know like if i had to do that if oh i know if i bled mm-hmm. and i was bloated and like just mood swings her yep. hormones and stuff going off like yep we would fucking kill people all the, there would be oh, yeah. a, we would kill people guys would kill people so much that there would be a law right that if you killed somebody a certain way it'd be like okay you just have to pay a fine right. of how much that yeah, happens yeah it would be normalized so the idea that like ladies don't you know, just kill, like, strangle their babies or, <laughs> but not all the time. It's their pretty. Husbands. Yeah. Yeah. They put pretty. up with a lot. Oh, yeah. They put up with a lot. Yeah. I. <laughs> but, it, you know, it's so crazy, though. It's like, it's total, totally noticeable when that, when that month has come. For me, at least. Well, because we're the ones that have to deal with it because, like, they yeah. just don't have, it's not like they're going to try to f- no. be a good fate. They're not, like, we're not Starbucks customers. Right. Like, we're, so yep. they're going to, let us know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the the other day, uh, my lady, um, it was like I think the first or second day, and uh, you know we were just texting and you know just like normal. Yeah. Um, a couple of days later, she's like, "Yeah, Monday." Like, yeah, like I just I was so either just like hormonal or just like aggravated or whatever that anything you said, I fucking wanted to fucking kill you. <laughs> I was like, wow. Like, wow, you hit she's that like, really you didn't, well. she, And she's like, you didn't do anything wrong. You never said anything wrong. It's just like, you're just existence and just. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, huh. Yeah. I've been told that before too. Yeah. I was kind of getting turned on. I yeah. was like, oh, just use, <laughs> yeah. use that anger. Yeah. 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 yeah there, was, there was a time where uh, there, we, were just, we were just kicking it. And then she just said, why are you so annoying? <laughs> and I was like, what do you mean? And she's like, you just, you're just so annoying. <laughs> and I was like what did i do to she's like honestly it's nothing you're just you're just annoying me right now yeah and 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 we were i don't even remember what we were doing but it was nothing it was nothing that i was purposely doing to annoy her nor was it anything that i've ever done before that i knew annoyed her and i was just talking and then that's when it was just like you're just really being annoying right now like i just kind (laughs) of need to uh i think i'm gonna i think she took a drive yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. She's yeah. Like, oh, she just, I need to get out of the house. I don't know. I don't yeah. be back. And so I was like, all right. But I mean, like, like now, like in retrospect, like I see that as like, okay, but like it, you should only be like, in alarm like as the guy. Right. If they come at you with an actual reason. Right. And then you could try to right. you know, either admit like, yeah, what yeah. you did wrong. But yeah. then if something like that. Um, just write it out. You should be like, oh, well, and just be oh, like how? Yeah. Like, you know, like I see as she hasn't, my lady hasn't told me in person. Yeah. And so thing is like, because I, I find it like, I find it 
kind of cute and almost funny when she's like kind of like like mad, mad at me, like you yeah. know, like fear. So, <laughs> so I know that I would probably initially have to dial back like laughter because yeah, I yeah. know that would piss, piss her, her off, off even, even more. more. Yeah, for sure. So, I think I'm gonna like I don't have an answer for that. Right. So I don't know what I would do or how. So most likely, that's gonna happen. She's gonna tell me, "Oh God, you you fucking suck today." Yeah, I hate you. And then I'm just gonna like just make the wrong move yeah. and laugh, and then just hell breaks loose, yeah. and then I'm gonna have to learn from that experience. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, just let us know what happens. Yeah, yeah. Give us a tweet. Stay or tuned yeah, for stay tuned. Yeah. period wars <laughs> with Lauren and Austin. Yeah. <laughs> All right. One last thing we kind of have to touch base on, just because it's relevant, and we did do a little bit of research for it because it's kind of a curious topic to bring up but um for those of those that don't know um mf doom rest in peace supposedly he died yeah rest in peace or or not or we don't know because let's let okay let's shed some light on this so if you don't know who mf doom is he's a rapper and he's mostly known for underground he he's one of the top underground rappers i think most people would consider him as and he's I think like he was deemed like the rapper's rapper the rapper your rapper's favorite rapper and he's been he's been around for longer than mf doom has been around because he did other things before that and he's just this person that is constantly coming out with stuff that's not under mf doom he has mad villain he has mf doom he has a couple of other stuff. He has songs that he's featured on that they, they don't even give him credit on it. He just rhymes on it. So the Gorillas, for example, he's on November Has Come, but he's not featured on that album at all. But he's the the rapper on it. So he just does stuff that's like out of the ordinary and doesn't really coincide with what the industry has set for hip hop. And he's and he's a lyricist. So yeah. meaning he doesn't have any courses. He doesn't have no any hooks. hooks. So he's just like 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 just the just the intro and then bump right. and then it just goes and then it just doesn't really stop. And his rhyme schemes are, I mean, unreal. Like, like he rhymes it's, weird it's stuff. Basically, just poetry. poetry yeah. yeah. And then he also everything is set up in a this this universe that he created because he's into cartoons. And so a lot of the production that he does are taken, it's, it's snippets from cartoons and he paints stories and it's like a construct and it's a form of sampling. Didn't he have an album that it was strictly all like <laughs> instrumental and just, it was instrumentals on top of cartoons? Yeah, uh, it wasn't, I don't think it was a full album, but he had a bunch of songs. It was in um, Food, his album Food. Every single uh, song was about a different type of food or having to do with food. And there was a couple of in there where it's just instrumentals and they have like cartoon pieces and stuff like that in there. And we were watching a couple of different videos on YouTube in regards to this pretty sudden death. Um, And the reason why the death is so interesting is because supposedly he died on October 31st, Halloween 2020. And he didn't, get they they didn't announce that he died until december 31st new year's eve 2020 so what we were what we were watching is this conspiracy theory that he the masked villain because this guy wears a mask he's he doesn't 
uh, MF Doom, he he's always, he doesn't do interviews unless he's wearing the mask. He doesn't do features or anything unless he's in the mask. He's always in character. And he is a villain. Like he's not trying to exactly. like, like yeah. save mankind no, or anything he, like that. His, his universe that he's created, he's the mad villain. Like he's the villain in his own universe. So he's the bad guy. Um, for him to die on Halloween, the, 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 the day of masks, right? Yeah, this day of putting on masks generally right. accepted. Um, and, and then also, yeah, like also too, uh, we realized like just after, it's pretty cool like seeing these conspiracy videos because they are just, you have to take them with a grain of salt. Right. And people are really passionate about it. Right. But there was a kind of a general consensus of like this kind of uh, flow of information that um, how it correlates to 2000. 20 is because 2020 is the year of masks. Right. Everybody had to wear masks. Everybody had to wear a mask. And so um, they were kind of hinting at that because they announced his death um, or the masked man yeah. on December 31st was like, well, this is the end of the year of masks. Right. So, and on the, on the, his uh, Instagram post, I think his wife, yeah. his wife posted, um, at the bottom, so it was like a paragraph, kind of like a letter. Right. And then at the end, it said transition. On, on October 31st, 2020. But it was posted December 31st. So, right. So, yeah. So that's like, and a lot of these conspiracy uh, stories we've done, it's like a lot about the Illuminati and, you know, it's like the industry's kind of take to just eliminate uh, black artists and whatnot, which, you know, you can't really say that's not true. Right. But what we thought we were thinking, well, instead of it being like he got whacked, right, is that it just makes sense that he's just mocking um, the industry, industry, and that this is for his own benefit. Yeah, because my my kind of take on it, and there wasn't too many videos that had this idea, was that he he could easily be doing this as some sort of a hoax. In a, in a sense, and it wouldn't be a hoax to that would be out of line, out of character, because he also would ha, uh, have concerts where he would have a fake person perform as MF Doom, but the crowd would know that it's not him. And th- there was actually times where they he would get booed off stage or whatever, and they would they would come <laughs> to realize that it wasn't MF Doom and it was actually a backtrack, and they were just lip singing. Yeah. But he came out with a statement saying that. When you come to an MF Doom show, you should come to hear the music, not see the music. Which again, which promoters are like, what yeah, are you well, doing? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, and and nobody, no, nobody's in agreement with that. And and honestly, to me, I, I think it's a, I think it's an interesting take on it because, well, I, I kind of agree with him, right? Like, you should go there to hear the art. You should go here. You should go there to hear MF Doom. You know, people, people don't go there like that though to show they go to see that performance because they love that performer so that much person that but it, again to his arguments like you shouldn't love me that much you should love like the art you should love the, the pro- probably the industry told exactly. you to yeah. love me or me. love artists right in, individuals right. and so like again to me this whole death thing and with the conspiracy theory i'm not really of the mindset that it's an illuminati in 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 his death and and again what the other thing that we were saying is who knows this could be very well just he he actually died and he did such a good job of his character universe and all of this stuff beforehand 
that now that he is dead, all of his his fans and his the people that are were on on board with his whole like universe and concept and 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 yeah, it whole makes thing, sense. Like that's they're like happened. so obsessed that they're they're actually developing these conspiracy theories, and it's like gonna live on forever because it's gonna be like, well, who really knew? Like who really knew? You know? Yeah. But then we saw like we were looking at like the reports, right? And every report said that. Um, there was no cause of death. Like it just, right. like bluntly, just no paraphrasing, yeah. no cause of death. No cause which, of death. you know, if there was a death, there would be a cause. You right. know, and you, like in, in, so in sports, a lot of times it's like unidentified uh, injury to so-and-so he's out for. Right. So this, it's like to be, you could just say to be, because it was the 31st, right. you know, that they at least announced it so they could at least just have some leeway to yeah. just be like, well, Maybe we don't want to disclose it because yeah. maybe it was something maybe we don't want to disclose, but it's right. undisclosed right now. Because he's private, you know? So, like, again, that coincides with his whole uh, or, uh, persona and everything, too. So, like, I don't know. It's kind of a crazy thing to think about. Yeah, but the fact that we're talking about it because like because yeah. because because for me personally like i didn't really right listen to this guy or really knew about him right and now like i'm just kind of like oh so what's gonna happen next right um another thing i was thinking was that um if he's faking his death on his own terms that he must have some sort of um agreement with labels with Ticketmaster or Live Nation and then like promoters, his managers and all that right. to keep it hush. Cause right, like if he just bounced, right, like they would make it apparent like, oh, like it would be out in the news, like, right. oh, so-and-so uh, ended the game or right. yada, and, yada. Ended contract. And again, this might be a good ploy because there's no concerts right now. Right. So it's like, he could be like, oh, what could I do for this like, year year and a half of no no performing right maybe i could because again if if it's true then that whole like mysticism of this is the year of the masks i died on the day of masks right um i don't know it's kind of a cool story what if he does the opposite what if they continue on these mf doom shows with the fake doomers and then he just shows up every now and then and people don't know it's him and what he if- actually just shows up now and it's the opposite of what he was doing before it could mm. he could also do that where he's his people are performing and then on halloween mm. just show up like mm. i am the i am the man of the masks or <laughs> or even funnier is that on halloween and when people think that you know he's coming out and he's it's all like you know rumored it ends up being Jim Carrey from The Mask, and then people mm. are just so upset. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the like for like three, yeah. aside for three fans are like the three white guys. Oh, in the I crowd. knew it! Yeah. I knew it! <laughs> yeah, I just I don't know. I think that's a crazy. I think that's a crazy story. And, and like you were saying, I was. I mean, I've always liked MF Doom, and I've always paid homage and respect because I know what I know the influence that he's had on the game, but I didn't know as much about him till this past week because i started doing research on who he was and i didn't realize how many alter egos he did have with his collaborations because he has a bunch of stuff out there that like is just not under even mf doom so well and i'm sure that like so many people have approached him to do projects you know like i'm sure he could literally get anyone oh yeah like there would be like no one like yeah like yeah no, like, no i don't want because it's good record. for everybody yeah so i kind of um 
I lost my train of thought. It's okay. Um, Working with multiple people and how it would be good for everybody. Well, I think that someone like that, it's he's just going to use it. He's going to use his um, mystique because also like, okay, I know what I was going to say. Um, I think conspiracy theories, especially on you, just watching yeah. YouTube as entertainment is bigger than ever. Like I've been a part of that yeah. and I'm just trying, I'm just now weaning off, but <laughs> I'm weaning, <laughs> I'm weaning off. Yeah. I'm just doing one dose of conspiracy videos a day. <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, so I think he, it's like smart. He could use that as like, okay, if I do this with just all the conspiracies about, um, just talking about black celebrities in general, yeah, um, like Dave Chappelle, like they say he was a clone and like just all these crazy Illuminati stories. Right. It's like, you're going to just have millions of people that are going to buy this. And just with them knowing that alone Mm -hmm. creates a narrative for it to be true. Right. And then it just keeps that whole because if they if they want that to be true mm-hmm. then they want him to be dead so right. that helps him faking yeah you know yeah yeah i mean it's gonna be it's gonna be wild if he comes out with something like that where like he raises from the dead or like you know what i'm saying yeah. like it's do you, be wild do you think if um if he is faking and um and is gonna do a comeback do you think that um artists or maybe artists that like he wants to collaborate like are in are in on it Dude, I don't know because it might be too risky. I was gonna say because you know? I think I think I think toying with death and especially with how touchy the subject is, especially with like COVID and stuff like that, it's just like you're gonna get a ton of backlash. But at the same time, again, coinciding with his whole universe, he kind of wants that. Like he's that type of person that wants to be almost demonized. Yeah. So, like, I and mean, this if- could be his ultimate, you know villain type of you know thing yeah and then if he comes back then people are like if he's like yeah i faked i get yeah. then people are just be like what yes. a baller yeah what a baller and then okay so let's just say this happens he comes back halloween or whenever the fuck yeah and halloween imagine dude this is halloween yeah. <laughs> um then does that raise the bar for like artists like oh i gotta do some crazy shit like i have to you know say that i shot some kids you know or and then or and then just and then i killed myself like yeah i mean marshmallow's got to step his game up at that point he's i mean he can he could shoot himself in dubai right now and then show up and yeah straight up I mean that that i mean i wonder if that dude had any idea that he was kind of taking that kind of like uh vibe with the whole mass thing i wonder who was the first person to really i wonder if mf doom was the first person to kind of take that that persona of i'm going to keep this in private i don't want anybody to know who my because because obviously if you do some research you can figure out who mf doom is just because he wasn't mf doom before but really there's no photos of mf doom now like what? as as his actual self yeah which i is, mean when you see his interviews like you could because his mask isn't like it's not like he's wearing makeup right, right. and a mask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you could. That's kind the funny the, thing too. It's like it's not even a good mask. Like no. you and he has footage from when his old right. old hip hop days when right. he didn't have a mask. Right. So. Yeah, like maybe like like the fact that like his just the mystique is so strong that yeah that also too is that like no one could replicate because the thing is like it's not like marshmallow where he's it's only his voice that could sing through the mask right where him it's like 
just when he talks, his it's funny like his interviews. He speaks exactly like how he, he would rap just yeah. in a normal conversation. Right, I love that too. And then Marshmallow, um, it's kind of egging on the whole like DJ atmosphere of like people don't really care for right. like actual performance. Right. Where like any you know DJing is somewhat simple. Right. So it's almost like uh, Marshmallow. It's like it's almost like he's just going to the internet. Like he's just going to be viral. He's going to stay. Yeah. In, that's where because that's where pe- most people see him. Right. Is on their phones or on the computer. Yeah. Well, he and he was doing that whole thing where he would have like other people put on a masks, and then dj up there and then they would take it off as the reveal of who that you know that was the thing for a while like oh is that really marshmallow and then they'd take off their helmet and it was like tiesto or skrillex or diplo or or yeah like i wonder how see i don't know the exact history of that like if like he started a bunch and then maybe he would do it once in a while and maybe he doesn't do it i just know that because well you like i was at a different stage but you were there at edc 2016 yeah and you saw the whole set of where he was just playing. Yeah. Um, and then um, it was... Martin Garrix came out. Skrillex came out. All were, and they were all wearing the mask at first. Yeah, it so, all, yeah. so it wasn't like, oh, Jaws is coming. It's like right. there's just another a rent, like another person with the same mask. Right. And people were like, you know, yeah. like, what the fuck? And yeah. then the, what was the first one? I think, it, I think it was Martin Garrix. It's been a while. And I don't think or, I was there, and I don't think it was there, like, the whole whole set. I or, think I got there, and he had already started playing. I think it was Tiesto? Because he I, know, could, I for sure saw Tiesto do his mask. Or Tiesto was the last, because, he, remember, Marshmallow got on the mic, and like, all right, guys. Yeah. It's now it's time reveal. for reveal myself. Mm-hmm. And then and went Tiesto. down, and then it was Tiesto. Yeah. And then Skrillex was just beside him. It wasn't even like a, yeah, a like it was just like oh who was like next to him. And then he got on the 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 decks on the on the table. But that's how you know it's Skrillex because he gets on the decks. exactly, and, and he's like and, and he's, he's like tiny, up, and he's up there, and, and he's tiny because he's like my height. He's like five four, five six, and, and he so has he, he has some pretty good legs and calves. So like if you were up there like <laughs> up top, like you could pr- like I I think I would be like that. Well, because he wears the tight black pants. Yeah, yeah. No, as soon as soon as I saw him get on there, I told our buddy, um, I was like, "Yo, that that's Skrillex," and he's like, "Are you sure?" And then as soon as he took it off, he's like, "Dude, it's Skrillex." Like, it's true. Yeah, yeah, that was that was fun. Yeah, so I don't. Time. And you know, like, uh, or Parker, the graphic design artist, our friend, um, he interned at his uh, management company, Red Red Light. Yeah. Where like Jaws was there and um Damn, that's like Alesso and stuff. So he saw like all of them. That's wild. Well, I don't no, he didn't see Marshmallow, even like with his head on. Yeah. And you know, my question is like, oh, did you ask if like, you know, if they know? And see, the whole thing is about him though, is that it's Everybody not so mysterious now. because like some people in the EDM uh community, they they say that he's dot com, which is like part of that group of like Kazo. Okay, Yoltron, like the the icon collective people. Yeah, and they just speculate like that's just what he is because there was I don't think there was any dot com after that. He's come out with like one or two songs after. Well, that's and then maybe I mean if it is him, it's like you. Well, it would probably be best to at least like do that and yeah. And he's played like little like pop up shows every now and then. I've heard about it, but nobody liked dot com really. Like it wasn't like dot com was popping off. As soon as Marshmallow popped off, dot com was like nothing. You never heard about dot com no more. He does those uh those big big is it big bros? 
where they're the puppets. Okay's the puppet and Kazo's the puzzit, puppet. It's like the four of them. It's like the oh oh like when they're, they're the like group be- that they the betches or whatever something. I like forget. That. I forget. You know what I'm talking about. I wonder who like how that idea started because I mean there was you know some people that would wear certain stuff, but then just like um, but just to to wear something and then to get that much appeal because he just because he marketing that's what it was yeah it was a marketing and marketing then and then he up. had like the whole industry as a whole Backing like support him, him yeah um and he was just playing i guess at the time like like uh the future base was like yeah. still pretty i mean it was and dubstep like it was future yeah. base dubstep well, it's like dubstep's just a useful tool at a live setting because it's just a lot of energy for right. people to just get into. So it's right. a good experience. Right. And it's not too much because a lot of people don't want to be at a set for an hour of dubstep. Yeah. It's like the subtlety of like being able to play this dance tune and this happy-go-lucky song that I can sing along to. And then he's going to drop it into this dubstep song because he did have decent mixing abilities, mm-hmm. right? Like, you know, like we got to give him credit there. But... Yeah, just the energy. And then his visuals were nice. You know, he just had that whole kind of shine. So for those people that just were there just to have a good time, he changed their lives. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, so many people would well, be like, Marshmallow was the best show I've ever seen ever. Like, da-da-da-da-da. I can't yeah. tell you how many times I heard that from anybody. Yeah. It's, it's I think uh, his music is somewhat of like a bridge, you know, like between just pop music or just hip hop to um you know dance like yeah like dance music yeah so like it's you know it's i remember like early in my days especially when i started getting into dubstep like it was a very just purist of like of listening to the dubstep only really and then if people played dubstep that weren't dubstep like i would just like i would literally like stop and be like really Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like it'd yeah. almost be like, oh, they're just using it as a tool. Sell out, which I see it. Which I see it now. It's like, well, it's a tool, yeah. for energy in your set, yeah. But yeah, no, I wonder. Like, it's like he has. It's like Stevie Oki, where he has all these hands in these markets, right? And um, and again, because he's he got big. He was starting to get big in like Asia, right? And you know, it's like anything else. It's like they're like five, ten years um, behind. Uh, behind um, just like the times here. Yeah. So it's like over there, it's like he's probably just beginning. Yeah. And yeah. and it's just, he's he could relate because he doesn't have to. He's yeah. just, he's just the block. Right. And again, like for like interviews or whatever, like he could be anybody. Right. So you could be in China and maybe like have a Chinese guy, you know, and in just- suit. Yeah, and just kind of like have body language that you need so you don't like, you know, uh, piss them off or whatever. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's wild. Uh, I think it's wild to like have that nonstop. I don't know if I like the idea of having like my own life on the side and so being able to have that kind of privacy, you know, sounds really, really nice. But then at the same time, to always have to be in character like 100% of the time, having to wear that big old head all the time being needing to perform it and then kind of being you know uh cooped up in this uh or, or like cornered into making a certain type of music now because that guy he can't ma- he can't branch off anymore now like he's too in it i don't think he's going to be able to ever come out with like uh 
you know, a lo-fi album or like a hip-hop album because it's always going to have to sound like lo-fi from Marshmallow or hip-hop from Marshmallow. Like it's all that major kind of vibe. Well, I mean, you could say the same about Skrillex. It's like, you know, it's just going to be like he's he might use his own like Marshmallow vibe. Yeah. But then again, that's just your own personal taste. Well, see, no, no, no. But what I'm saying with Marshmallow though is, so Marshmallow is Marshmallow. Like that dude's not, I don't think he's going to be able to branch off with anything else. But now is he having the opportunity to ghostwrite for other people and produce for other people under his main name, like his actual, you know, government name? Probably. Like he probably does that a lot, like just for fun. And yeah, just like as, if, yeah, it's like if you don't have to be doing all this promotion right, stuff, right. you have somebody else doing it. Yeah. So that's the game. Like interesting thing with him too. It's like, oh, he's so big. Yeah. But then at the same time, he's a nobody. A nobody. He's just on the corner of the street. Or yeah. True. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, seems like he likes it. <laughs> like it seems like he's doing fine. Who know, Who really wonder, knows? What if he fucking hates, hates it? Dude. You know, what like if he does. Like, and I'm, I, there has to be amount of like knowing what it was like as dot as com. com and being yeah. like oh like i was doing what i wanted making enough money right and now it's like oh now i can't really just do that because like you you have this pressure to yeah. do all that and i don't know like because i don't follow him or anything so i don't know like he must be doing even more viral stuff right he, like to I just mean, stay yeah, relevant. he started collaborating with like um social media influencers like he was working with David Dobrik and Logan Paul and all those Viners and YouTube stars and TikTok. I mean, his marketing team is on it. You and know, that's, I mean, that's where it's, on it. and that's where it's going. That's where it's been going. Right. Is because they hold, because it's all about followers, really. Right. And it's cheesy to say, but really, it's like when you look at the spectrum, you know, like professional musicians, maybe like, like Skrillex or, um, Tame Impala or whatever, like they're like down, right? Like millions like, of streams of, and followers, and a lot of them, you know, granted, like they don't want to be, right? But there's these people that are just hungry as fuck, right? And that you know see opportunities and they see the biggest, you know, people in those in those genres. Yeah. What was that? What was that? Uh, that video game that Mine- Minecraft? No, I think it was Fortnite. Was it Fortnite PUBG. or PUBG? PUBG, that's what it was. He per- yeah, he performed on a virtual concert and then he also did like music during like tournament, like a tournament or something like that. And it was like the first time that that had ever been done. So he was on that. I mean, yeah, his marketing team and his management team is just on it. They're like, they probably like fucking hate it. <laughs> like, or yeah. just, or just of well, how much, I mean, just of how, because it's like, you got to think they have other clients too. Well, it's, Mm, I don't know. It's like, but I, I guess like, it's it's a manager's mindset. Yeah, like they yeah. they're just always on it. Well, and I just feel like, when, yeah, like you got to be careful what you wish for, because like think about Scooter Braun with like Justin Bieber, right? Like that guy was like struggling to find like artists, and then all of a sudden he hits the gold mine with Justin Bieber, and then he gets Ariana Grande too. So now he's just you know Scooter Braun. Like it. everybody just wants Scooter Braun. So, and that's and like the, that only you know is hard because there still is this massive demand for music and for talent and it's and because you know like there's just waves of different talent so it's like the whole thing about i think i think i i don't know what i heard this from but 
it's like it's not hard to necessarily super hard to get to us like a like fame or maybe to, just to um like a level of success mm-hmm. but then it's about maintaining it right right and it's i mean it's still hard it's a lot of fucking hard work and to get lucky a bunch of times but yeah. then you you don't stay famous for years by luck right then it's like okay this is the gig this is your nine to five right this is what you got to do right and i think most people just they they fall off or they get bored and but then again that's why you have to be versatile and then just know what you like and know the know the the fan base that you want yeah you know well, you just have to be adaptive and, you know, we've talked about it on the podcast. You have to evolve and you have to roll with the punches and you have to always be willing to push the boundaries too and fail a little bit and then bounce back from that failure. Uh, especially when you're doing things with depth. So like with hip hop or with rock, you know, non-EDM genres of music, when there's um, purpose in your lyrics, when there's purpose in your music. With EDM, it's a little bit different because it's all for like show at a show, like a live venue. So I'm sure like dance music right now is at an all time low with no like live shows or anything like that. You mean just that just in itself or yeah. like you mean in music, like comparing it to other. Yeah, like uh, the the pressure of of writing, you know what I'm saying? Like like good, solid well-rounded music that's meant for multiple things, not just to be seen live. You know what I'm saying? Because like dance, dance music is mostly being played at gyms. They're shut down or live venues. Those are shut down. So really like in your car, you know, on long road trips, you know, maybe you listen to some dance music or like when you're cleaning your house and all that kind of stuff. But right now people are listening to music in their house, in their rooms, on their AirPods, like all that kind of stuff. Yeah, they want more so it's like centralized almost yeah. type of music. Yeah. And so it's like you as a as a EDM artist, how do you adapt in this situation? You know, live streaming was a thing, you know, doing those live shows and those live festivals or the streaming festivals and stuff, the drive in uh shows. But really, I mean the the so what I'm saying is the market right now for dance music is probably at an all time low compared to what it was because I mean oh, before, I mean all, before, yeah, before, yeah, every, everything but what I'm saying is you could still kind of be like a an, a rapper or a band or, or an artist who's com- coming out with some, some music and it's going to still, when we come out of this pandemic, it'll still be relevant. Whereas if an EDM DJ came out with a song this year and then the shows start opening back up 2021, they're going to have to come out with some new shit to play. Or maybe they were working on some stuff during 2020 that they didn't release. You know what I'm saying? That they're going to release here. But it was kind of like a timely manner. Whereas an artist who was writing lyrics and had depth to their songs, they were coming out with albums. Like Joji came out with an album that was like a really good album. Um, James Blake came out with an album that was a pretty good album. You know, there's there's artists that came out with albums that like they were still able to release it this year. Whereas I think if it was a dance artist like didn't really hit i think like chris lake released a, a dance album didn't pay attention to yeah. it at i mean all. i like, think like rock artists have probably hit the hardest because like one they're already the demand in america anyway it's like it's just you know getting it's decreased. just it's a gradual decreased. lowering yeah. and then now because it's like they can't perform and then also like just them as a band like because they have to use 
each other, each other and yeah. then it costs money to to just you get know, studio time studio time yeah. or like just or even if they made a, an attempt to um to well the thing is like it's so because you have there's some like the instruments and all the software and all the audio engineering and stuff for yeah. bands it creates yeah. all these jobs right so then when you take that out of the occasion but i mean rocks see like because you know we see in the scope of us but like rocks still like massive in you know so, uh, south america europe mm-hmm. and all that stuff so it's just kind of we're probably going to just see different genres get bigger and so like i'm sure like if this didn't happen mm-hmm. from the january 1st to december 31st of 2020 yeah it, i'm sure like it things wouldn't have really changed moved much. too much right where now it's like whoever's adapting is like right they're gonna come out on top but it's still good to see it. people are successful in some things because it's it does keep the bar raised right well and you're just pushing the envelope you know and because a lot of people are quitting or or just you know uh just who can't who maybe want to keep doing this but then it's like oh i got a family yeah I was banking on this tour, but now yeah. I got to do something. So now it's like somewhat of an empty void right? for some, you know, holes. Right. Hell yeah. Well, I think we should probably call it. I think that's a good note to end on. All right. Stay tuned for updates on MF Doom. See where MF he's Doom, at. Yeah. He might be in Tahiti right now. Just... And if you know what? And if he is dead, you know. R.I.P. Yes, like I don't. Yeah, yeah again, like, like I don't, don't want to demean, like demean, like right. Uh, like, like he's not really dead. It's <laughs> it sucks. Yeah, like if he did die, it yeah. sucks for his family because he's not here anymore. And then right. his fans. If right. he's, I keep saying like if if he's dead because yeah. like I kind of don't believe it. Right. But if he's dead, yeah, then we won't have, you know, like new new shit, and yeah. then it won't be setting the the bar of like what's possible and that you don't have to go the route right. of the normal industry. But we're going to be able to look at his legacy though and be able to, you know, use that as inspiration to hopefully curate some stuff on our end now and maybe use that as kind of like a uh, beginning source too because I just, the 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 idea of creating like a, your own world in your own universe, you know, to be able to, uh, be creative and, and put out this this content that is so true to you and so personal yet so disconnected from your actual life. I found that, I mean, I, that's kind of like the dream, you know, to be able to be this famous entity, um, making pretty decent money, doing what you love to do for a living and then getting to go home to like your family and then just kick it, you know, whenever you want and give back or, you know, do whatever you do. I mean, that sounds like the dream. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, that's kind of kind of what Andre 3000 is doing. He's just kind of kicking it. Yeah. And um, in his podcast with Rick Rubin, he was saying how he kind of kind of was getting uh, bored of uh, so, uh, music with lyrics. And he's yeah. just like, yeah, I'm just listening to like instrumentals and stuff right now. And he plays a violin. He started to, but I think he's playing flute, trumpet, trumpet, something yeah. like that. Like he's, you know, and he's he's said he's like playing up. He would play at parks, and yeah, it's like fuck, that's cool, Sick. you know, because you yeah. have you know all this cash coming in, so you right. can, you have it's like you're able to do that. But right. that would be like best case scenario, right? Um, and then you know he, because I'm sure he was like of not being back in the industry. Like I'm sure like 
the industry is losing some money yeah. from him not being there. Yeah. So like, again, conspiracies is like, well, why isn't he been capped? Right. Because I'm sure he has a bunch of secrets too. So yeah. So it's not for- his time yet. No. The Illuminati hasn't. No, he, his, he has uh, to wait till the year 3000 and then they'll make it happen <laughs> then. So stay tuned. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Imagine he lives till 3000. That would be a trip. Right. It's yeah, like, just, why did I live like, till 3000? I wasn't allowed to make music, but I had to because live till 3000. Because you chose yeah. your name to be 3000. This is what you did, motherfucker. All right, y'all. We're going to get out of here. Thank you again for tuning in. We miss Charlie, but we got Loro in the building. Thank just, you for having Loro here. Just keep digging, up. folks. Just yeah. keep digging. Just keep digging. Get just that keep gold. digging. Keep digging that gold. Well, that's too damn bad. <laughs> keep fucking digging. I bought this shovel till 3 p.m. Fucking use it. Thank you.